welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 231. We've got a fun-filled, jam-packed, exciting episode for you all. Um, we get to talk more about games. Yes, video games. We're a video game podcast, after all. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's a fucking intro. Let's just, let's just do this. <laughs> uh, I am, of course, Alex. Way to carry this one to the finish line, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I started coming up with it, and I was like, it's a fucking intro, let's just go. Uh, <laughs> one might argue this is like the intro we deserve, depending on how you think about it, but like, man, you're just <laughs> dropping that ball left and right, like, like, oh yeah. Yep, yep. I'm like that runner that when they was it when they do that track run and they've got those little barriers you have to hop over. Hurdles. You, you mean hurdles? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those things. So I basically said fuck the hurdles and ran through all of them ah. in that intro. Essentially, is what I did. You know what? In theory, if you're fast enough to just blow through those hurdles, like you know, the Superman. Like, you you would actually, like, you would still win, because they subtract a certain amount of time for each hurdle that you fuck up. Basically. Yeah, but I think it's one of those ones where mm. you'd have to move, like, impossibly fast through them to get that to work. Like, it's a pretty substantial penalty for hitting a hurdle. It would just be, I, I would just find that, oh, that oh yeah, no, so like, hilarious, it, sorry. I, in the light speed <laughs> Olympics, it will eventually reach because steroids will become awesome. Yes, that would be a fascinating <laughs> sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, coming in at nine yes. times the speed of light it's Usain Bolt 2 manufactured this by the is, Arasaka Corporation yep, this literally crashes through the hurdles yeah. now it's just who who can break all the hurdles fast enough who can tear a dimensional rift and just kind of materialize in multiple places at once throughout the race <laughs> yeah yes we are the uh, the Wicked Awesome cast. Uh, I'm, of course, Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online. I'm joined with my two cohorts, my internet partners in crime, uh, Henry, a.k.a. Kraken Zero, and, of course, Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak Undivided. Yo. Uh, we are definitely yeah. not a sports podcast, for the record, after that just <laughs> truly informed hurdle talk we just got through. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt, essentially. But yes! We're here, and we've got kind of a, considering we've had kind of like, we've had to add a lot of like extra articles to kind of just cover stuff news, we've got a lot of news. Yeah, I, and this is, the, this is the week of video games you want the week before our Krampus cast. Like, our, like arguably our last like real podcast, or traditional podcast of the year, this is what you want to go out on. You want to go out with game awards, you want to go out with just a... A game that does not stop giving in a variety of ways. Like I, it's, I, I'd say we could not have timed this better, but we put zero thought into how we timed this one. It just kind of happens. So, I, I'm pretty happy with how this all worked out randomly, in our favor. Yeah, yeah. For a last traditional podcast of the year, basically, this is a fantastic possibly one. <laughs> Well, since we definitely have a lot of things on the dossier for news coverage, I think we should just dive into our weeks, weeks real quick and uh, let's, 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 let's let the people know what we've been up to this week. 
So I guess I'll I'll kick it off real sure. quick then. Since mine is pretty brief. Um so I guess a couple of highlights and things like that. Um the new WoW raid is a lot of fun. Oh man, I like that raid. Good. Yeah. It's actually really well designed. Um the fights are really interesting. Nothing feels like it's uh, tedious at all. Like everything has a nice little bit of flavor. If you does, it answer our philosophical questions from last week. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. <laughs> what does the raid teach us about the nature of death in Azeroth, Alex? We need to know. God damn it! <laughs> I don't know, but there's some cool ass gothic vampire shit happening in this raid. So. Okay. It's like a mini Castlevania, almost, if you will. Because Sire Nathias gives off that fucking Dracula vibe, for sure. Like a Dracula Jr. or a Minivania? Like a Minivania, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, it's interesting, too, because, like, I mean, first of all, you fight the dude and his sword. And that fight is multi-platform, uh, technically. So, like, you actually have to jump down certain other platforms as part of the fight. Like, it's one of the times they actually added that, and it's kind of neat. Um, Yeah. It's fun. One of my favorite fights. Oh, and Kel'thas is back yet again. So Who's Kel'thas again? Kel'thas is the blood elf who we fight at... Uh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was fight him somewhere, and he's like, it's merely a setback. And then you kill him again. He was Illidan's buddy, then, right? Yeah, he was Illidan's buddy in Burning Crusade, yeah. yes. So, uh... We- he so he's dead, once. right? Or is he, like, back alive? Sorry, I have to ask he's this. Dead. Shadow. Okay, so this, you're fighting the dead, dead version of him. Yeah, so he turns out, like, he's basically... Uh, he He's in Revendreth because they are... You know, he, he's got a lot of pride, and that's his sin. So we actually, instead of... So he's another boss fight, technically. But we don't really fight him. We actually heal him this time around. It's a healer fight. Um, and so we're trying to, like, pull the evil sins out of him, or at least his, like, hubris. Wait, 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 so hold on, point- hold on. Is this entire raid you guys just acting as torturers, technically? <laughs> no, we're technically trying to free Revendreth from Sire Denathrius, who's technically been kind of an asshole, uh, kind of thing, so. But, it, it's interesting, because, like... Yeah, we're actually saving Kel'thas, so it's kind of neat. I like the idea of it, and it's nice that we actually had a healer fight again, because uh, I can't even remember the last time we had a fight where we had to heal the boss as opposed to kill the boss. So, uh, but yeah, we essentially rescue Kel'thas, which I thought was kind of fucking neat, gotta say. So, um, yeah, let's see. What else? Uh, a lot of the fights are pretty solid DPS checks, which is really interesting. And of course, as numbers get adjusted, scaling with higher rate numbers is rough. So, yeah. Um, overall, I, I had a lot of fun doing it, and I can't wait to see what the Mythic Race looks like. Um, I know one of the things they talked about is that it's actually really... The raid itself is actually a lot more difficult compared to previous ones, because... Only a few number of guilds have only killed it on Heroic right now, and that's still not the highest difficulty. Mythic comes out next week, and there's only a very select handful of guilds that have killed the raid on Heroic so far, so it's definitely interesting. 
Um, that being said, I guess that's pretty much it for game news on my part. Um, in real life news, my fucking chair broke finally. And I'm very sad. I don't know if I talked about it last week, but my Herman Miller chair passed away. The seatbed cracked, and so I, uh, mm. I ended up buying this cheap chair off Amazon, and it's got no padding on the ass. So oh. I bought a cushion so I can sit on it, and I also bought a back fucking cushion thing to kind of help with being able to sit in it. It's a big chair. So I can make it work. It's annoying, but I'm making it work. But man, it makes me fucking miss my Herman Miller chair so much. <laughs> Such a good fucking chair. Loss of a chair um, is truly a great loss in a gamer's life. Yeah. And they, you know, those chairs have a 12-year warranty. So I was like, oh man, let me see when this chair was manufactured. See if I can get the warranty on it. Nope. It was manufactured in 1999. So for this chair to have lasted this long, kind of impressive, I gotta say. So. Uh, I still have the frame. I'll probably sell it at some point. Just for people who want to, like, fix it and then resell it again. But, yeah. Um, and I think I had talked about my... I ordered a headphone amp. Just because I got some nice, fancy new headphones. Because it turns out when you buy the uh, the Sound Blaster GX5 from uh, Creative, sometimes when you restart your computer or turn it on for the first time... The uh, the headphones will, or the sound card will detect that it's plugged in, but won't play any fucking audio until you pull it off and then plug it back in again after you've turned it on. That's a really good fucking design for a fucking plug-in in the USB port of your fucking product. It's a great decision. I love having to pull out my fucking headphones and plug them back in every fucking time I turn on the computer. It's a great design decision, Creative. Love it. A.K.A. as soon as I get my new headphone app, I'm sending this motherfucker back to the depths of hell where it belongs. So what I'm hearing, 10 out of 10, would buy again. Yeah, definitely. Well, and honestly, like, creative, they kind of stopped being good in, like, the 90s. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the hell happened with their quality, because for a while there was, like, a Sound Blaster card was a pretty good card for the price. Like they are, oh, yeah. you're not. They're not like a Roland fucking card or something like that. But you know, but they they were good enough. But they've just kind of gone to just like Mad Cat's level budget bullshit. So yeah, it's kind of weird to watch creative just sort of hit the shitter increasingly with every year. Yeah. So. Needless to say, say, I'm very disappointed, but um, with, you know, I guess if we got the spokesperson to creative to reach out, he said, you know, we want, we want, we want owners of this sound card feel a sense of accomplishment when they unplug it and plug it back in every time they restart their computer. So, uh, thank you. I appreciate you guys. You feel as though you're accomplishing something doing that? Uh, no, no, I don't. It's dumb. So I bought a new fucking headphone amp. I'm sending this bitch back as soon as I fucking comes in. This feels like a glad you kept, issue, Alex. Glad I kept the box. So. How dare you um, want your equipment to work the way it's supposed to? How <laughs> dare you? Yeah. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much it for me. I didn't really... Uh, didn't really do too much. Like I said, I've been... Since Raid Week open, I've been just having fun playing it. And it's nice that, like... 
I'm playing it wow because I like I'm enjoying it and like to do little stuff on the side, not having to force myself to grind out certain things yeah. every fucking time. Like they actually put an end to that level that type of grind, which is kind of I can kind of appreciate that. So, um, so yeah, that's it for me, gentlemen. I played Cyberpunk. Oh. Did you uh, play it on the old console or the new console? I played it on PC, and I think we like. So I think we talked about this in the podcast, even where I was kind of like on the fence of, okay, what should I play this on? And I ultimately stuck with PC, and I'm very glad I did ultimately. So I, I, I want to preface this conversation with a couple details. First off, being I am aware of some of the insane glitches people are running into. But this is another Mass Effect Andromeda situation where I'm not saying they didn't happen, but the worst glitch I've encountered was for a story mission, the ground texture just wasn't showing up. It wasn't falling through or anything like that. It was just transparent ground everywhere. And that was weird, but far from game-breaking. I may have encountered my first game-breaking glitch last night where I could not progress a test or a quest, but we'll find out, I guess, on this one, kind of as I try and work through this more. I, again, I'm saying I've been unbelievably lucky on PC compared to, hell, even other people I've talked to about Cyberpunk. Like, I have a friend that keeps having his car just randomly drop through the world at, like, random points in time kind of thing. And mm. I, it, it's absolutely bizarre. Like, it, I, I think the most, like, accurate and damning thing I've heard about Cyberpunk 2077 is they probably should have delayed this again. And I have never agreed with something more because, like, I'm playing on high medium settings, I guess is the way of thinking of it, and I'm having fun. The game looks great, et cetera, et cetera, but also like the console versions that are out there right now, like hell, some of the other PC versions, the fact that it's not like a low end PC problem, it's a high end PC problem. Like when you start turning on all the cool bells and whistles, that's when things go to hell real quick. That's just baffling to me. Like it's the, normally it's the opposite direction where it's like, oh, the, the low-end version is bad because you're downgrading a bunch of stuff where they're not supposed to be. Like, the fact that, like, medium setting seems to be the best way to play this game and that, like, if you're trying to run this thing at 4K, more and more weird bullshit happens is just insane to me. The fact that it's, like, it, it, HD 1080 medium settings kind of turn off the motion blur, turn off the chroma effects and stuff like that just to kind of get a generic thing is the accurate way to play Cyberpunk 2077 is just baffling, and what the hell happened? You delayed this game almost a full year, depending on what you measure from. This game's been in development for, like, seven or eight years. What the actual fuck? Yeah. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, I I kind of have two views on this game, and they're kind of conflicting ones. As Charlie, the person that, like, has played... The tabletop RPG this game is based off of very heavily. I think this game is fantastic. As Charlie, the video game player that like plays a lot of first-person shooters, that also occasionally have their own set of glitches, but like is very into shooters. This game kind of sucks, actually. And then like so, the, and, and kind of in between those two, you have Charlie, the Destiny player, who's very used to first-person shooters with powers attached to them, with kind of a bizarre, how the fuck did this happen, actually? No, but actually, how the fuck did this happen? Like, the fact that you're making 
the the most recent Deus Ex games, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, look amazing by comparison. It's just something like I find baffling. Where like those weren't bad games; they were just kind of meh. These games exist, and mm-hmm. the fact that you've managed to make like the fact that Cyberpunk retroactively makes me go, I should play those games again, even though I thought they were kind of meh the first time through, but they like play better, and the combat works a little bit better, and I'm let's just dive into it at this point. So, mm. as someone who, like, so using the kind of RPG background, the tabletop RPG thing, this is a wholehearted sequel to Cyberpunk 2020, or whatever kind of the final version of that game was. This is a sequel to that. This is not, like, this is not a sequel to all of the cyberpunk stuff that's happened between then. It's not kind of an amalgamation of other cyberpunk stuff. It is very deliberately a continuation of the story of Night City. And it draws very heavily on the lore from that. Like, the fact that Johnny fucking Silverhand is both in this in kind of his weird, mysterious way and also, like, as integral to the plot of the game as he is. Like, this is just basically Cyberpunk 2023 is the way of thinking of it. This is this is a direct sequel to a tabletop RPG, which is really cool for the RPG part of me. And as a result of that, I would recommend that if you, if you are not obnoxiously familiar with the cyberpunk lore, specifically for that game, play Nomad. Because Nomad lets you play as kind of this outsider, outsider kind of character that, like, the game explains. You get to ask a lot more questions than if you're playing Street Kid or if you're playing Corpo. Like, as far as I'm concerned, the, the three life paths are Street Kid, Corpo, or Nomad. Street Kid exists for your second playthrough of this game because you know a lot of this stuff already. And yeah, it fills in some of the blanks, but it definitely feels like, hey, you've beaten this game once already, go play Street Kids. So we're not just like, explaining a bunch of bullshit to you and your character gets to feel smart. Nomad, your character's like, what the fuck is that? Like, and at the same time, you're like a smartass about like cars and vehicles. But Night City baffles you because you've never lived in Night City before. And I think that's like, I think it's hands down the best life path of that game. I've played all three of them up to a certain point. I The structure of the game is weird where kind of you have these introductory missions and all of them in their own way are great. The No Bad One is the best. It's kind of, it's the weirdest and most kind of indicative of what this game is, I think, is a broad strokes. You then lead into a cutscene that's the same for all three characters that kind of like flashes you forward. I think it's six months or something like that. And then you're V, you're uh, your character at that point. All the game and the game is the same from that point on. So it's very possible to spend an hour and just burn through all three life paths to pick which one you want. I played up to the uh, title card drop just to kind of get a sense of what the different talking points were. And yeah, it, they're all fine. I think Nomads is just the best of it. Like it's it's weird because a lot of this game is talking and kind of getting from point to point. Because it's not as much shooting as you might assume. It very. It, this is very much an RPG-style game. There's a lot of dialogue, and it's good dialogue with some frequency. They lean very heavily into the writing and the style and kind of the speak patterns of stuff from tabletop RPGs. A bunch of characters you might be familiar with are back either in their older form or exactly as they were. I think a lot of people may be off-put by the fact that the original tabletop games had their own kind of set of problems to them, but kind of most refreshingly about them, in my view, kind of remembering-wise, was they were angry. They were very angry about kind of the state of things, and this game is 
at least kind of channels that anger in a very active way. That's mostly through Johnny Silverhand, which I think people will find maybe a little bit off-putting at first, where if you're only vaguely familiar with the cyberpunk kind of lore, you'll think of Johnny Silverhand as kind of like, it's, that's Keanu Reeves' character. It's, it's He is a straight-up terrorist. Like, in the lore, he blew up a building because he did not like a megacorp. It's more nuanced than that, but like from a general take perspective, Keanu Reeves is playing a digital terrorist in this game, and it's amazing and bizarre. And at the same time, you're also playing a reverse Johnny Mnemonic, which is equally bizarre and strange. They got Keanu Reeves voicing that kind of whole thing going on, and I, I, I think I, we're not getting to kind of the controversy of this game in our news, and also quickly in a couple minutes, me talking through this. I think like a lot of people, Cyberpunk has moved on in a bunch of very meaningful ways since this game came out, or since like the tabletop game came out, and a lot of people were expecting that to get kind of bundled up into what this game was, and it doesn't. It's very much what that game's version of Cyberpunk was, for better or worse. And I do mean for or worse in a couple instances. Like, that that, that thing was much a byproduct of the late 80s. Like, it was very rules-heavy and very crunch-heavy, and this thing does a pretty good job of modernizing some parts of it, but, like, at the same time, the original source material's treatment of certain kind of minority groups in kind of the sexual spectrum and also my, kind of just the ethnic spectrum wasn't always the best. Like, the game has a real fetishization for Asian culture in some very stereotypical ways that, yeah, yes, the Asian gangs have samurai swords, but then they have some other stuff. To, okay, that's one trope. It's the other stuff that goes along with them that you're like, this feels weird. Like, it's on one hand, the fixer that works at the pachinko parlor is kind of cool. On the other hand, it's the, like, you go and, like, there's a part of town just straight up called Japan Town, and that seems kind of strange. It's from the lore of Night City originally, but it's also one of those ones where it's like, this feels a tad on the nose and bad, especially because like it leans real hard on some somewhat dated-feeling aesthetics from the cyberpunk world that go with Japan Town. But again, like it's very much channeling the old tabletop RPG, but like, you could have modernized this some, given a little bit more of a nuance to it. Some of these accents are a little bit regrettable. And, like, that's kind of, like, the story of Cyberpunk across the board. Uh, from a, like, fan of first-person shooters and schluters or looter shooters, whatever the fuck you want to call them, this game has an excess problem. There are too many guns in the game, so you are constantly picking up and replacing all your firearms because the firearms have levels to them. And, and I think that's a terrible choice on their part. Like, rather than having an arsenal of guns, you're kind of picking through you are just, like, fucking throwing semi-identical SMGs out constantly because you got the next level of a green version SMG. And that feels bad. That feels really bad to me, I guess, because, like, I'll find a gun I really like, and, like, yeah, there's an upgrade system, but, like, it's also not worth it at the level I'm at right now, which is just like, no, you will find a better version of this AK-47. Yeah, but I like how this AK-47 looks. Well, yeah, but you're going to find a better one in, like, ten fights. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's very weird, because they made a big deal of the weapons of this game, and they've made the weapons, like, unbelievably disposable, and that disposable feel, like, yes, it's very cyberpunk and kind of social messagey of what that source material was about, but it just kind of, it feels bad in practice, I guess. Like, it's, you are, like, the clothing system feels bad, where, like, they've kind of done away with that whole cool system they talked about previously, where, like, your clothes kind of give you street cred. Maybe they do, 
But, like, for a chunk of time, my character was running around in, like, shorty shorts and a tank top and a real ugly, like, white trucker hat because it was the highest, like, armor value I could find in the game. <laughs> and I hated it. I'm like, no, like, I have this really cool hoodie I found. Like, let me use it. Well, it's 20 points of armor less. How is it 20 points of armor less than this fucking tank top I found? Yeah, I, it's... And yeah, there's an upgrading system that goes along with it and stuff that you can do, but I, I, I... For a game that made such a big deal of showing off, like, the style of that game, I have had, like, half-hour segments where I've liked how my version of V looks and just giant swaths of time where I'm sitting there being like, I fucking hate this hat I'm wearing, fuck this hat, I hate it so much! I, and it doesn't feel good that way. Like the, the the loot part of the game, the kind of like the the combat. The combat is fine. Like it's not the best first person shooter, but for a first first person shooter from the studio, it's better than a lot of other ones I've played. Like it is hmm. on par with Bioshock shooting at a minimum kind of thing. Like it is better than anything Bethesda's made in the shooter department. Like for <laughs> Skyrim's and Morrowind's and stuff, and for Fallout. Like it's it's not Doom good. That's why I had to clarify that one. But it's it's. It's maybe Borderlands two level shooting, I guess. Like it's it's fine. Like it's uh, you're not going to be like holy shit. The shooting in Cyberpunk twenty twenty is uh, twenty seventy seven is amazing, but it's it's fine. Like it's nothing to write home about. It's got a cover system which works pretty well. Uh, it feels good in practice. Like the guns, depending on the model, seem to hit have a good feel to them or not. Like I have a shotgun I like a lot that has just way too long of a reload speed to it, which is why I stopped using it. I. But at the same time, I've had moments in the game where, like, I had a cyber kind of, like, electroshock shooting double-barrel shotgun that was awesome and great and super cool. And then I got this, like, 50-round clip-fed auto shotgun that felt terrible to shoot, even though I'm like, this should be better. Like, it's a bigger visually gun. Why does this feel worse? And, yeah, melee combat in the game is kind of whatever. It exists. You can do it. I've maybe used a melee weapon twice, and that was because I literally ran off all my other ammo. I'm like, shit, I'm out of guns. Guess I'm using this baseball bat to kill off these final punks, and... Yeah, I, the game is, like... Based on what I've played so far on this cover, I have to give it kind of two, like, going back to my split of the fan of Cyberpunk and the source material thinks this thing is like a 9 out of 10. Like, every modernization of that thing's world and its rules and its concepts and its philosophy has been masterfully done. Like the, a lot of people don't like some of the design aesthetics of the game because they are cribbing so hard off of what that tabletop game was about. As a person that plays video games, though, this thing is barely a seven out of ten. Like maybe even a six out of ten kind of thing. Like it is. People should be embarrassed about the video game aspects of this game and. Like, and that's on PC. The PS4 version, like the base version, as far as I'm concerned, should be called unplayable. That that should not make it out the door. Like, just don't make it for a PS. Like, to say you have to play something a pro or better, like, it's going to do that to people. That's just wrong. Hell, I. The PC version has its problems too, and I'm still kind of like, yeah, this is fine, but like, I maybe this should have only been on the PC because it doesn't seem like anyone on consoles is happy. Like. Ironically, it seems like Stadia is the best version of this game, which is just bizarre to think about, but 
What? Yeah, apparently the Stadia version of the game runs the best out of all the options. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, which is just baffling to think about. And, <laughs> and like, and I know I'm being down on the game right now. Cause I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've played an absolute fuck ton of it since it came out because of the part of me that wants a sequel to Cyberpunk 2020. And I guess I have to kind of dive back. As someone who DMs a bunch of stuff and tabletop stuff, playing this game is like playing a Cyberpunk campaign. Like, it is... CD Projekt Red fucking nailed the, like, you're playing an RPG aspects of this game. Like, it's the story, the, the missions are pretty, like, story mission's good. The story in this game, like, it's got some cliches to it, but it's not bad. The voice acting's pretty good across the board. Like, it's, it's a very Cyberpunk 2020 sequel thing to make. It, it's, it's really good in that regard. It doesn't change the fact that, like, cops, when you piss it off the law system in the game, will just teleport onto you, and, like, the, uh, the stealth thing's kind of busted, and hacking from the get-go is way overpowered, but also, that's how it was in the fucking tabletop game, so uh, they're kind of perfectly mirroring, mirroring that, and there's just way too much stuff to do, like, there's way too many side quests, there's way too many side jobs, like, on one hand, it's super cool that you have this kind of pseudo-personal relationship with all the fixers in the game, on the other hand, the fact they keep, like, texting me to be like, yo, you want to buy the shitty car from me? I fucking hate, but also occasionally those cars are really cool looking. Like, I bought the bike from Akira. It's real cool, and I'm riding it around. I'm like, yeah, I got the bike from Akira. I also have, like, nine bullshit station wagons I bought because I felt <laughs> guilty. <laughs> and I guess on that same topic, like, the driving mechanics for this game are... No worse than GTA 4, but GTA 4's driving mechanics also weren't amazing. Like, I've, I've heard some criticisms that, like, oh, the, the the AI for other cars in the game is basically non-existent. And initially, I was like, eh, that feels a tad hard. Until I got to a mission last night where I had to steal a car to get it out of the way of a quest objective. I had to get into another car, and... That was after chasing said car around a bunch, which proves, no, CD Projekt Red could do car AI, because they successfully did it for this one random-ass car, or this kind of one mission-driven car. It's just it's not for everything that's stuck in kind of a weird continuous loop, which is fine, until it breaks in the most like hilarious ways possible. Like The number of times I'd been run over by a car that was parked, and then started to move as I was like obviously in front of it, and not like fully disrupting its loops enough, is high in this game. Like, it's got some just unbelievably weird technical choices. And they're definitely, they're not, these aren't jank. These are, we didn't think this one through, and this is what we went with. And, like, they'll work, and like, once the game is polished and working, and CD Projekt Red will probably get it there, because that's what we did The Witcher 3 as well. Like, this will be a hell of a game to certain people. But it's not there yet. It's a real problem, and... As we get to kind of the news, there's some real problems with this game. And just some of the stuff they kind of loited and talked about and like very high praise for the game, like the the whole like sexuality body type system, it's not what they talked about. Like if you were going into this game hoping for some real trans representation, I guess it's there, but it's really not. Like there's only like four or five romance options, none of which are open to trans people, I think, ironically. Like maybe one or two. But, like, even within that, like, it's the, if you were hoping to be, like, a non-binary character, that option doesn't exist. Like, you're either kind of male or female V, 
And they're both fine characters as best I can tell. Their voice acting for both is good. They both have, like, the right amount of human inflection and reaction to it. Like, you're not just a badass all the time. They get scared. They get overwhelmed. They get pissed off at situations. So that version of the game's good, but, like, all the stuff they talked about, how you can make your character exactly as you want, it, no, the character customization is good, but it's not, like, amazing. Like, Mass Effect 1 had better character customization, or at least more in-depth, I guess, is maybe the way of thinking of it. And, hell, we'll talk about it later. Some of the character customization you can do causes game glitches. In, like, the most unfortunately weird ways possible that, like, are inherently funny, but also kind of a, huh, kind of a problem. I, I And the game, like, has some other stuff going on, too, which I'm not sure what the right word for it is, but, like, I... I was talking to some of my friends last night who played this, who are also playing it, and the game has a weird problem with inappropriate boobs in your face. And that's a that sense that makes no sense except for the fact that, like, you will have missions where you, like, rescue someone. And the, I'm going to use two examples that are pretty on in the game. Like, so one of the missions that was shown as part of E3 and has been part of kind of their big media push is, like, the first non-prologue mission you do in the game. And it ends with you rescuing a woman from a uh, tub of ice they're gonna, uh, from a, a group that's kind of hacking off limbs and cyber parts and selling them, and you're carrying her out to the balcony. It's a very kind of cool, heroic moment, and she's naked, so like her cleavage is up in your face. And it's like, okay, this is kind of an awkward moment. Like, it's, it's a dark moment, except for the fact that the breast physics are going fucking crazy on her while you're walking, and I'm like, what the shit is going on? You've made this, like, bizarre mockery of this incredibly dark ending to a mission that, like, I was all on board for, and then, like, in the same vein of that, you rescue a woman from essentially, like, a torture, a torture, murder, rape, sex dungeon that you, like, brain-danced your way through a snuff film film there, and the exact same fucking thing happens there. I'm like, I, did you guys not, like, playtest this part of the game? Like, is this a they... glitch on my end? Well, welcome to being the playtester for any game that's released. Like. This is why, yet again, I don't buy anything on release day these days for software or hardware. Like, I don't, because yeah, it just it's... means, congratulations, you just paid to be a beta tester. No, and I think no, and this game is definitely true of that crime. Like, it is bad in there. And at the same time, the two, I'll have hours on end where nothing bizarre happens, but then, like, and, and, the, t and the thing I'm talking about is the fact that you use lowered V's arms an inch and you're carrying a little more horizontal than diagonal, you'd fix what I'm talking about. It wouldn't be kind of like as much of your screen obstructed by unconscious, uncomfortable titties. And you're like, I, 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 what is wrong with you that you thought this was the correct like posing of this scene? Like, you have this incredibly dark thing followed by this weirdness and the game like is trying to make you uncomfortable with it, but like physics are going weird and you're like, I, maybe it's me, but like this, you should have, like, sh shut off some physics here right now. Like, this is, like, you're undercutting your very dramatic moment. And I, and I've had far fewer glitches than other people. Like, I can't imagine what some of the weirdness that people have had. Like, we're just cutscenes bump out. Like, I've had, like, some cigarettes people are holding vanish out of their hand and kind of, like, <laughs> float in front of them. Like, I had one character kept drinking out of a glass. And that was funny because the liquid stayed with their hand, but the glass stayed on the table. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> cool, but dumb. Oh yeah, it's I've had nothing that's kind of like broken my immersion completely because I have a relatively high forgiveness of this. But like, 
this game is an embarrassment. And like, even if it wasn't an embarrassment, you'd still have problems. Like, if all the technical problems and the epilepsy thing weren't a thing, like, there's still stuff in this game to talk about in a negative way. Like, the loot system is bad. The game's kind of, like, weird, we want to say something and then don't about something attitude is also a problem. Like, again, like, I think a lot of people have missed the boat where this is not a cyberpunk broadside. This is a sequel to the tabletop RPG, so some of the reviews have done a bad job of being like, I don't get this slang, and I'm sitting there being like, shut up, Chumer. I I know exactly what they're talking about. Like, I, I know this bullshit from playing it. Like, this is not, like, I get this seems weird to you, but no, this is a thing that's been established from the 80s, but also the game in no way ever is like, yo, we're the sequel to this thing. And when it is, you're like, oh shit, that's really cool. Like, hell, the first, like, half hour of this game after you get out of the prologue stuff is full of, like, stuff to have my jaw on the floor being like, why the fuck are you referencing that incredibly obscure thing from the source material? Also, who knows that from the source material but, like, the hardest of cyberpunk nerds? And that was really cool, but also, like, if you don't know any of that, you don't get what's going on half the time. Like, the explanation of who the fuck Johnny Silverhand is isn't great in the game. You you get enough of it, but, like, as someone who's played that stuff and knows who the fuck he is, I'm like... I'm like, the mission where you go to, like, the hipster guy that's selling old samurai gear, and by samurai I mean Johnny Silverhand's band, is one of the most hilarious things ever, because the dude sucks, and it kind of points out how much Johnny Silverhand sucks, and I'm like, oh, ha ha, this is amazing, and people I, I talked to with that are like, I didn't get it, like, why does he suck? I'm like, because punk fans were kind of terrible to their fans and stuff like that, but also, like, we're like, about anger and getting shit done, like, I don't know why Johnny Silverhand is so angry. He he nuked the Arasaka building. What's confusing? Arasaka bad in his book. Yeah, I, it's... And like, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not having fun with it. I'm going to play more of it after this podcast. I'm, not, I'm going to play through that game. I may wait for a couple months after this game, after I'm done with that, to like do a second playthrough or something, because there's stuff I want to see. There's choices I've made. I want to see what the opposite side of that one looks like. But, yeah, I... Also, fuck every single reviewer of this game that's out there saying, like, a decision I made early on in the morning in the game impacted my endgame. Like, that is the most undermining thing for playing this game organically possible, and I think it's shitty to do to your readers. Like, the, the whole second-guessing of, oh, my favorite mission doesn't happen if you don't do X. Well, what the fuck is X, then? I don't want to spoil things. You've spoiled something by saying it undercuts X, you bastards. Don't do that. Because that's what every like that's what half the non like glitch focus you shouldn't this game be are. giving away plot points. Yeah, or it's anything. You you need to talk. They should be talking about things in the most general way possible. Like yeah, and I, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of people. Like, it's hard to talk about this game without kind of giving semi spoilery things. Like it's cause there's a lot you want to talk about. There's a there's a lot of cool stuff in the game you want to talk about, but like. It's not the stuff you should be talking about right now. It's the fact that this game is a buggy, semi-unplayable for some people kind of nightmare factory. But again, I've had really good luck. This is Mass Effect Andromeda all over again, where I'm kind of like in this thing being like, yeah, I've had some stuff happen, but nothing horrible. But I might be wrong. I want to do that mission that might be soft-locked out of me. If that doesn't happen, that's going to suck. I'm going to be pissed. So I want to do that mission real bad because I like the characters with, but yeah, I 
I don't know. Like the, the game still also has some kind of like. On one hand, I get what they did. On the other hand, it's like I, I, I don't get why female or male V can't romance everyone in the game as best I can. I get it, but also it's a. Why do some of these characters care? Like I, I have more like. My female version of V has arguably a more bonds with this nomad chick I just met than my inevitable male corpo version of V will ever have kind of thing, but hey, whatever. Yeah, it's it's just weird talking about this game, like, because I'm having a lot of fun, but also, like, I'm not going to take away from the fact that people have had a real bad time with that game. And they... Have, undefendably should have kind of thing like that that game is a problem technically mm. uh, yeah i i'm sure i'll be talking more about cyberpunk over the next couple weeks or months or whatever because there's something addictive about it like I'm, I'm having a lot of fun it's a hell of a single player game in theory and in six months it will be a hell of a single player game once we're done with this kind of public beta we all were tricked into but also, like, if you may, if you're standing hard for this game, like, if you're like Cyberpunk is the greatest game ever, and fuck anyone who says differently, reevaluate your loyalty to this game. Like, it's even when it's fixed, it's not going to be the best of this thing ever. Like, I is it the best kind of thing that competes with Fallout and stuff like that? Yeah, but that's kind of a weird competition to find yourself in. Like. This game was supposed to be a lot better than it was, and if you're out there like trying to like downplay a variety of aspects of it because like you've like bought into this thing and you feel you have to defend it, just no, it's not worth your time. This game doesn't respect you enough to kind of warrant that level of fervor on it, and it's bringing out some of the more problematic parts of the gaming community across the board too. So like, yeah, I. Don't feed the trolls on this one. Like I, I wish I had more. I, I wish I could be more positive on this one. Like because again, I'm really enjoying the game, but also part of me is like this is a bad game. But I also play bad games all the time, so it's kind of a, like eh. yeah, it, like it, from a pure kind of like technical gameplay standpoint, like removing the story aspects from the game, it's a six out of ten. At tops, a seven out of ten. If it was just an RPG, if you could just kind of like go from RPG moment to RPG moment, nine out of ten, ten out of ten, like, and that's the that's the problem with the game. Part of the game is amazing, and part of it's like, what the fuck? How did this happen? And you could fix a lot of that by just kind of removing some of the excess. Like, there's just too much in the game. Like, I I have an entire menu full of food. I don't even know I'm going to ever use because I just pick it up and like. The game's like, oh, you should put more points into health. I'm like, I have a million health recovery items that you just kind of keep throwing at me like they're candy, and thank you for that, but also, why would I ever put points into health when you're giving me constant health uh, reviving uh, inhalers constantly? Yeah, I... It's weird. And Maybe if I was on a higher difficulty, I'd have a different tune on this one, but technically there's no reason to bump up to there, and technically there's no reason to kind of put yourself through that, because Weird shit just kind of happens in this game constantly. Like, there's some gameplay choices where, like, there's no set enemy level. There's, like, higher level enemies you'll occasionally wander into in their powerhouses, and they'll just one shot you. And that kind of ties back into the gear level that doesn't need to be there in this game at all. Like, if all the games were just, if all the guns were just guns, 
and you like modified and made your favorite arsenal, the game would be better. I, I stand by that. Like this whole leveling system they have of your gear sucks because I should not be able to get an SMG. I can't use slime level thirty because I like played smart on the stealthy spectrum. I yeah I. That's Cyberpunk so far with me, I guess. I can keep going, but there's no real point. I'm going to get rambly pretty quickly, I think. But, yeah. Cyberpunk. <laughs> cool. Hey. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Henry, yeah. What do you want to tell us about uh, your week? You actually had some pretty cool stuff happen recently from one of the text messages, so I'm curious to hear about it. Well, first I'll talk a little bit about... Uh, I, I talked about playing Rambo last time. I... Finally managed to get a 1cc of it, I beat it, which is also the de facto speedrun. And so now I officially, at least on speedrun.com, have the one and only speedrun for it. I actually, now that I know I can beat it, and I kind of know the game better, I'm am going to return to it because it's an easier game to return to than say Chaken. Chaken just is just has things about it that are just like so weirdly broken and off-putting for a speed run, but Rambo is kind of a Rambo is a longer speed run, but it's just I don't know, there's things about it that I think are easier like and less glitchy, but yeah. Uh that I other than that, I didn't really play too many games. I mean, I played some World of Horror because I'm still just... I occasionally play that game. I Yeah, I... I don't know, it's funny. Sometimes I look at my big list of games that I have yet to play, especially the itch.io uh, social justice bundle. Uh, I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I look at my old consoles, I'm like, Actually, I feel like playing a, a simple old console game. The old comfort it's, food issue. Yeah. Mm. But other than that, uh, well, just on yesterday was a Triple Oz, uh, Triple Mania, which is, uh, it's their biggest event, biggest live event, uh, their biggest pay-per-view event. But this time it wasn't pay-per-view. This time they streamed it for free on YouTube, and that was super cool. I could kind of tell why, because it seemed like they had a awful lot of sponsors. So, for those that know what a Titantron is, it's don't know what it is. It's a when I mention Titantron, it just means a gigantic screen. So on their Titantrons, they had the videos, entrance videos for people coming in during the match, you know, before the match, but during the match. They're showing basically commercials <laughs> the entire time, but there there's some fantastic matches. Like it started out with like a multi corner uh, tag match with some good drama going on in it. Like at one point, like Pentagon, uh, uh, also known as Penta Zero, he gets he he like goes out with a knee injury. Is like hauled off on a stretcher out of the match during the match, but then comes back near the end and like like does his some of his finishers and does like a joint finisher with his partner to like uh to get uh get the win. But yeah, that was that was that was an exciting match. Um a lot of uh a lot of cool 
drama going on between many of the teams. Mm. Uh, the last match was a just a your your kind of knockdown drag out sort of big tough guys match between uh, Pagano and Chessman, and they beat the crap out of each other and bled a lot. <laughs> so that was. That was definitely like a, a, a pretty exciting match and a long match too, but probably the most sort of fun and crazy one. All right, well I'll mention one more. Uh, Kenny Omega actually uh, defended his title, his, his his title from his promotion. I keep thinking he stopped wrestling. I know he didn't, but I keep thinking he did. No, he literally started a new wrestling. No, I know, and that's promotion. what cost it. I think. But yeah, he he's still wrestling, and he's but yeah he went he's went to defend his title on you know uh, Triple Mania, and that was kind of awesome. Uh, and then, the, but also there was a a at first I didn't realize it, but no, a clearly Marvel sanctioned match between Lucha versions of Marvel characters. It was a tag match, and so you had. Lucha versions of Captain America and Spider-Man versus Thanos and Venom. Like they changed cost- the names at all, or is it just kind of? Yeah, no, they changed the names too. But but it was official. Oh. But it was officially Marvel sanctioned. Like it, it came out like the Marvel logo and everything came up while during the uh, while they were making their entrances, and so. I was like, no, they're not just like sort of doing a unlicensed zone. They're actually are properly doing it. But like Captain America was like, I think it was just his name was basically meant letter a, letter A, or like uh, I forget what they called Spider Man. I'd have to go back and look. Um, Venom was like Venomous, or and I forget what they called. Thanos, but I, I think it translated as like purple tyrant. <laughs> but they got a suitably gigantic brick house of a guy to play Thanos. Like he was visibly larger than all the other guys, and the other guys weren't necessarily small. Like the like the people they brought in to do Venom and Cap Captain America, also were kind of big guys. But Thanos is just a massive brick house giant of a man. And that was it, was, it was a well done match. It was definitely Lucha. It was definitely Lucha, everybody involved. And, but threw in some, you know, sort of character specific type of things and movements and kind of poses. Very cool. Very cool. Very enjoyable to watch, but kind of blew my mind. I was like, at first, when I saw the first one come out, I was like, is that just, is that just Venom? But then I saw the Marvel logo. I was like, "Oh, Marvel's actually worked with Triple A to make a make a like an officially sanctioned loot like a officially sanctioned match in the middle of Triple Media." Uh, but yeah, uh, and also after the end, lights go out, and then Captain Marvel appears, or at least Lucha Captain Marvel, I should say. So. uh yeah, it was that that kind of blew my mind. Just is really awesome watching like 
lucha versions of these heroes just go at it in like in great style and in panache and just using uh, you know acrobatic and athletic moves all over the place it was awesome that was absolutely unexpected like i didn't i didn't know i i kind of heard about like kenny omega was going to be in a match but most of the card i didn't really know about like uh i wasn't like uh the yeah, uh, I I kind of knew the first match. I I knew a couple of people who were going to be in it, but I didn't know most of the card. But the Marvel heroes, I was like, what? But awesome, also. But yeah, absolutely. It was a great. I think it was a great overall. Uh, the the show overall was just fantastic. Like just had really good matches, really good. Like yeah, I mean this is their top show, so I mean they're showing off their you know everything so yeah that was uh that was pretty awesome like i it was i didn't know i i kind of learned belatedly that that they were going to stream it stream it for free but i am pretty happy they did i always love to catch good wrestling and yeah and this was completely for free i don't know if they kept a vod of it or anything on their YouTube channel, but the live stream of it was absolutely free, so that was very cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess that was, that was kind of the, I guess that was really kind of the highlight of the week for me was was that that was just such an enjoyable all around show, just a fantastic job done by everybody. It was fun and entertaining, and you know, uh, appropriately funny at sometimes and appropriately dramatic. So. Yeah, um, but I guess that was kind of my week. I mean, like I said, I didn't really get up to too much gaming, but anyways. <sighs> yeah. I guess we need to actually talk about things that, other things that happened, not to us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? It's news time. I suppose. News? Yes. Uh, so obviously the Game Awards happened. Uh, I'll probably be how we close this whole section out because there's a lot to get through and that's so we've got some quick ones to burn through as kind of the preamble to that, I suppose. Uh, start off with, I think, my favorite weirdest news we've had in a while. It's about a heist. Mm. And it is that 40 boxes of RTX 390 graphics cards were stolen from a warehouse in China. Oh, yeah. I thought they fell off a truck, or they got pulled off a truck. That's the same thing in this case, I think, no, uh, okay. slang-wise. But, yeah, so yeah. Uh, roughly $340,000 of graphics cards were stolen from an MSI warehouse. So That's a lot of GPUs. Yeah. Uh, and it, apparently it was an inside job. Yep. Huh. Dang. Well... I guess we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, 3090s on, like, eBay very, very soon. Oh, I'm sure. Maybe there's this one just badass Bitcoin mining rig out there now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Somebody's running 40 box SLI. <laughs> we could do the numbers, too, and kind of calculate out what we think that would cut, actually, how many that would be, but it's probably at least 100, right? Probably more. Yeah. A lot, though. Jeez. <laughs> Indeed. 
Yes. I just found that one fun, where it's just like, you don't, you don't, you don't hear heists all that often anymore. It doesn't happen the way it used to. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's like the heist of the modern generation now. Graphics cards. I mean, graphics cards, yeah. Yeah. They used to steal from stagecoasters. Now they're just stealing video cards off a, tr- or you know, off a warehouse or something. Whatever. We have not been able to track down Nikolai Traxu for his official word on whether or not he was in any way, shape, or form involved in this heist. Can Nikolai Traxu get me a uh, one of the AMD sixty nine hundred XTs? Uh, Does he have that kind of power? I, I don't know. I'd have to check. <laughs> we need to check in with him. See how he's doing. He's been, ex- he's doing he's been right. extra shifty lately. <laughs> Did, didn't he say he had to travel overseas recently? Yeah. Like to China? Mm. <laughs> He's going to a tech expo, I think he called it. Oh. A tech expo, you say? Ah. But isn't that till January? Thanks to travel early. I don't know. Maybe this quarantine procedure is in place. He had to take it to stock. We need to move on. This joke's going to get real bad real <laughs> quick. <laughs> Uh, next up, the Sands of Time remake that Ubisoft announced is not coming out till uh, March 2021. I personally didn't know it had a this year release date, so... Oh, dang, I think I forgot what's even happening. It's not happening till March. Oh, well. I'm looking forward to that thing, hypothetically. It's one of the best games of that era, in my opinion. I wouldn't mind replaying it. I like that game a lot. But, more tragically, Windjammers 2! has been delayed to 2021. Truly the hit the FGC could not face right now. You know, that you, one thing that people may not know is the game is notorious for just, like, unbeatable fucking C, uh, uh, computer-controlled players. Like, just atrociously just, like, impossible to beat. Like, basically it just cranks them up to where you're not getting any points. You get it to a certain point in the game, you're not finishing it. It's like impossible. It's nearly impossible to 1cc. But anyways. Well, that one's... Uh, that's the old one. The Windjammers 2 is kind of a yeah. weird remake with none of the original people involved because they don't really exist the way they used to. I, it's a big thing in the FGC and basically nowhere else because that's where Windjammer lives. Yep. Hell Yeah. That's one of the things I miss is all the fun FGC stuff, and like I would love to see them like once once everything opens up again, having them bring out Windjammers too would be fucking. Well, we didn't get Evo this year. We didn't get Evo for very legitimate, real reasons, but we did not get an Evo this year. Yeah, yeah, they they need to put it in the lineup. I was sad because (laughs) them's fighting herds was actually gonna be an Evo. Oh yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, I it could have been a cool Evo. It did not happen for very legitimate reasons, but yeah. Still, year without Evo sucks. Um, yep. You guys want to talk about Halo Infinite real quick? Sure. Is that still a thing? Allegedly, but it's been delayed <laughs> till fall 2021. I don't believe you. That's been delayed, or that actually exists? That it's a bamboozle. I actually no. Halo is current. Halo Infinite is out. Wasn't it a patch for Fortnite? No, no, that's just Halo. That's just Master Chief in Fortnite. And have you seen what's happened because of this most recent thing with Fortnite? No, what's happened? So some people didn't realize Master Chief wasn't a Fortnite thing. 
And no. someone commented on like some trailer. Oh, it's cool! They're making a, a spinoff of this one guy from Fortnite. They also did that with the Mandalorian they put in, I guess, recently, and people have just been dumb. And I, I want to believe it's people that don't know, but I'm not convinced it's actually not people that like legitimately are like, oh, that's a, that's, that's a Fortnite skin. Why is there a TV show about a Fortnite skin? <laughs> What's a Halo? That's, straight- that's Fortnite military guy. Every day we stray further away from God's light. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but at the very least they're like they're like hey let's actually not just try to push this as quickly as possible we thought we could have gotten it out earlier but it turns out we can't so maybe let's not drive our developers all the developers into you know dust and also put out like an infinitely buggy game yes so. and i the kind yeah. of like the only downside to this is that we now find ourselves with another Xbox console with, well, zero launch titles exclusively to it. Yeah, and mm. P- and Sony once again, Sony fans are sitting there real smug, being like, "Man, it's so hard having all these exclusives to our platform." Hey, how's it going, Xbox owners? W- w- what do you got? Oh, you got nothing, bitch. You get nothing. You go out to the yard and you eat dirt for dinner. <laughs> Womp womp. Yes, the console wars rage on. Destiny will be getting actual crossplay in the near future, so that's a thing. Um, this came by way of the TWAB, the this week at Bonji art uh, blog article that happens once a week. Um, yeah, they're adding true crap, not crossplay, crossplay to the game, so that Xbox people and in theory PC people can also play with the. Very large PlayStation community. Uh, let's see how it actually works. Um, we've had cross-save and kind of cross-console generation for a little while now, so that's been okay. So if this actually becomes a fully functional thing, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. If you want, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I suspect they might keep like Crucible separate from each other, but there's no reason for like raid teams or strike teams to be on separate platforms. It just doesn't make any sense. But also, Crucible's enough of a nightmare currently. Who the fuck cares? Mm. Put it all together, it'll be fun. Yeah, no, I've, if you want kind of more in-depth Destiny thoughts on that, Armchair Guardians, we talked about that for a while and how it might be like a hilarious thing when it comes out. But, yeah. Moving on from that, though, we got our big Cyberpunk news block. I know we already talked about Cyberpunk a bunch, but we actually have some real news news, and some of the stuff has become... A little bit moot, but some of it's also still very much a real problem. We'll start off with the first of the controversies, which was that in a truly cyberpunkian move, cyberpunk was capable of potentially killing someone by accident because of the epilepsy. Uh, because of epilepsy, so there's a thing in the game called brain dancing, which is kind of cool thing, but I guess it like almost perfectly emulates, at least initially, the way you test to see if someone has epilepsy. And, oh, no. Yeah, so it was very... I, I'm not sure if it actually triggered some people or just was causing some problems if someone realized it might be a problem, but that game shipped without an epilepsy warning. They they patched it back in the day one patch thing, and I think they've since then fixed that part of it. I noticed a visual difference the other night when I was like post-patch, I think, but yeah, mm. no, in a truly cyberpunk move, they shipped a game that could have killed someone via playing it. Well done. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Actual <Indeed>. danger. <sighs> Moving on from that, we have the significantly less problematic, but like more hilariously so genitals glitch. Um so I asked we kinda of, I hinted at earlier, the game has some uh genital customization features, if you will. And that's all fine <laughs> and good. Except some of the dicks glitch through your clothing randomly. Yeah. Uh, that's not a glitch. It is. It really is. <laughs> it's it just looks hilarious. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, just kind of like it has its own special little, you know, hole cut in your cut in your uh, pants. Like sir, put your dick away. Yeah. No, I, this is cyberpunk. Also, uh women's breasts also won't stay in shirts. So that's also happening. <laughs> It's Good a job. Problem. How did they miss this? This is literally, you could see this in the character creator. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to think all that crunch time stuff they were talking about. Uh, I don't think they have, you know, put in all the work they were supposed to on that. I, yeah, it seems like it wasn't tested at all. By anybody. It, ever. It, it very much makes you wonder, I guess, at least it makes me wonder, what the fuck was that crunch for? Like, I, I, regardless of like the moralness of crunch, what were they crunching on? Yeah, no, all this it tells me that. is they probably needed another fucking year on this one. It kind of has that vibe going on, and like things I got reminded of a couple days ago that I'd totally forgotten about. There's a multiplayer version of this uh, mode for this game coming. Oh no one knows what the fuck mm. it is, but like it's like six months out or something. They said it wasn't gonna launch at start, but like there's something multiplayer coming for this game. They've said zero but what the hell it is, but there's something. Yeah, maybe they should just fix the main game first. Agreed. Agreed. And kind of last but not least on our Cyberpunk news roundup in both a Yay, people won't starve, but also Ooh, your game's kind of bad. Um, so initially it was reported that uh, the Cyberpunk dev teams might not receive bonuses because of reviews and stuff like that, which, that's shitty. Uh, that's since been reversed, and they're going to receive their bonuses regardless of that, so yay on that. No one individual dev is probably responsible for the shit show that is Cyberpunk, but also... I. Just a weird topic across the board. A having people's financials tied to reviews for a potentially kind of polarizing game, and B the situation we're in now with the game, where it's like, okay, is it good or not? Well, it's more complicated than that. Mm. A pretty common game practice, game industry practice, is tying people's bonuses to how well a game performs. Ultimately, so that's not the shocking part of this. The kind of weird part of this, I, I think the game like has already recouped its development costs. I think I saw a report going on around that. Like, I guess, I forgot to talk about this, but it, Cyberpunk on Steam broke records. Like, it is a record-breaking game. It is the, I think it's the highest-selling game to date on launch window or something. Yeah. I think they also, concurrent players, they also broke that record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they recouped all their development costs in a day, is what I was hearing. Yeah. So. Which... Good for them, I guess, but also fix your fucking game now. 
love of God, please fix your game. Yeah. I can enjoy the game. I want to enjoy the game, but also fix the game. Yeah, that's, that's it for Cyberpunk. Before we get to the TGAs, we got two more things to kind of go through real quick. Um, remember Joy-Con Drift? Yeah. The not-so-popular sequel to Tokyo Drift? Yes. Yes, it was, you monster. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes! Oh, I, I need to go lie down. That one hurt me so fucking badly. <laughs> God <laughs> fucking damn it. <laughs> Alright, so I had to run back from Alex just solid dunk of a pun there. Oh, God. <sighs> uh, so, uh... <laughs> A, 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 it's a coalition, the right phrase for this at this point, of consumer rights groups have banded together, specifically the ones from the Netherlands, Belgium, France, Greece, Italy, Norway, Portugal, Slovenia, and Slovakia, along with several other uh, European consumer organizations. The I think that's supposed to be Slovenia. Slovenia, there's, sorry. There, well, no, they spelled it wrong. I'm saying, like, they spelled it Slovenia. No, I'm pretty sure that's Slovenia. Yeah. That's an actual country. If we have mis- if we've misread this article, the dear people of Slovenia, we apologize. If we're n- denying the fact that the country of Slovenia exists, we also apologize. But we don't know on this one. We don't have time to Google it. I'm yes, pretty sure Slovenia is not a country, and Slovenia actually is. A I'm, I'm with you on this one, but I'm just covering our bases just in case. The proud people of Slovenia will not be offended. <laughs> They make up a surprising portion of our listener base. All right, back to the actual topic, though. Um, So basically, they're all kind of banding together to say, yeah, this whole Joy-Con drift thing that's going on right now, we're not okay with it. And from a kind of consumer rights standpoint, it's a little bit fucked that Nintendo's just kind of been like, ah, drift happens. Sucks. Deal with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all this, I think. So probably this is not the first time that like Nintendo's gotten in trouble with this kind of group of people, or kind of this idea of things, so... Uh, yeah, I... The, Twitch, the Switch has gone on to be a whole kind of weird thing from a technology standpoint, where it's an unmitigated success, but just some of that success seems to come at problems, and I'm at a point where if you sold me a hey, the Joy-Cons are locked onto the Switch and they never move and we fix the location standpoint of them, you'd potentially get me to buy another Switch. Because I live in fear of my current one kind of doing weird things. Basically what I'm saying is if you made a Switch that was a Wii U controller, I'd be really happy. <laughs> mm. Well, they they kind of did. The joy- Except those... Except those have uh, Joy-Con issues, too. Yeah. Well, they still have the bad placement that I hate, but, yeah. Don't the Joy-Cons come off those still? Yeah. Uh, no, not on the uh, light. It's, you sure? It's yes. Hmm. Pretty darn sure. I that's thought that was like dockless. I don't know if you can take the Joy-Cons off of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't take the Joy-Cons off of it. Yeah. I don't own one, so I don't know. Weren't you going to buy one at one point, Alex? What, a Switch? Yeah. I did, oh. actually. You bought a light for some reason, but apparently not. Oh, God, no. If I'm going to buy a Switch, it's going to be the legit one. No, the light, the light, yeah, the, it does, Joy-Cons don't come off. It's hmm. just permanently attached, so. That's I what take I it back, Nintendo. 
if you made a better version of the Switch, the Joy-Cons didn't come off, then I might be interested in buying it, but I'm not here for no second-rate version of the same console. Moving on from that, Ubisoft! They have named a Global Diversity and Inclusion Officer, sorry, a VP of that. What the fuck that means, we may never fully know, but... So I wish for this to load. Uh, Ramesh? Ramesh? Sika? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Well, it's just Rashi Sika. Rashi. How did I get, how did I put an M in there? Wow. Yeah, Rashi Sika. That's his new role. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it works out for him. Her. Kind of Sorry, her. My bad. Her. My bad. Yeah, so this obviously has a lot to do with what's been going on. So it's supposed to, it's a role that's supposed to improve workplace culture, and that's been the big meta issue here with Ubisoft. So I see this there again. They're they're trying to be more proactive in that, like we a we're trying to cut out all the you know the bad people that caused this to happen. But also, we're going to actively try to make things better. Hopefully that's true. I mean, we'll see, but I mean, this is another step in doing that instead of just, you know, hand-waving and saying, we'll be better. So, yeah. I think that's... uh, This is a good sign. Yeah, we'll see Mm -hmm. how it plays out, ultimately. Yeah. I spent some more time in Valhalla. That game gets weird as it gets towards the end. In like a Truly, all right, this is why it's Assassin's Creed kind of way. Uh, but enough about that. The 2020 Game Awards. Hosted by one Jeff Keighley. I uh, think this was the best year for the Game Awards because they had the least technical difficulties of previous years. <laughs> Just being honest on that one. As someone who watches it every year, kind of the technical difficulties because it's fun. It was nice to see it go smoothly this year, and despite all the COVID happening still, it looked good! It was the Game Awards, it felt nice, I kind of might like them to keep this version for the rest of all time. The music was fantastic. Yeah. Like, the, 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 uh, it was the London Philharmonic, wasn't it? That, yeah, they brought in to do live versions of music, and that was of video game music, and that was really, really well done. Yeah, and they've done that in the past, but I think just like, yeah. There was no kind of cringy crowd cheering through all of this, which I was a big fan of. Like the crowd and the like Oscarness of the previous years has always been I found off putting about this. I think this felt very deliberate and like despite the COVIDness obviously changing how it was gonna be done. I think it felt good. I, I liked the format this year. I liked kind of it was very matter of fact. They still managed to make it ungodly long despite there being like, you know, less downtime between stuff, but at the same time, Game Awards, it's our game show of the year. It's its fun. You guys want to do nominees mm-hmm. and the winners or the kind of announcements first? Uh, let's just do the nominees and winners, and then we can do the reveals, Sure, I think. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure how we miss this, because we normally talk about kind of the nominees and who we think is going to win, but we did somehow space on this year. But we do have our list of winners from this to go through. I'm going to start off with the obvious one of Game of the Year, because that's how they're scrolling down on this one. Your nominees were Doom mm-hmm. Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us 2, with The Last of Us 2 winning there. 
Yeah. This is which people got mad about, yeah. but it's like, eh, no, it's it's a really good game. Like narratively speaking, yeah. Uh, just because you don't like it because of whatever reason. Well, it like, it goes beyond that. Like as someone who's played most of the other games on this list, like I'd still say it should have gone to maybe Hades or Animal Crossing and even Animal Crossing, like I played a lot of that game. I don't think it's a very good game in the long scheme of things, though, either. Like it's very much just I kind think, of a moment of the year, if that makes any sense. I think, given because of COVID and everything like that, like Animal Crossing became one of those things that people were like, "Well, no, no, and, and that's do Animal Crossing to get through COVID," which became kind of a. That's real, what I'm saying. Like, like it's like it goes back to yeah. our kind of Pokemon Go conversation one year, where it's like. Do we make Pokemon Go the, our game of the year because it's obviously the game of the year, but it's not our favorite yeah. game of the year? Kind of. I think Animal Crossing kind of falls in that same vein where it's an important game of 2020, but like, I don't think it's even the best Animal Crossing to date. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I personally have seen it gone to either Doom. I'm uh, not to Doom. Uh, Goes to Tsushima or Hades. I've not played Hades, but I've heard really good things about. It. I've played some Hades. It's not heard a lot of good. I'm, people seem to like that game a lot. I don't like roguelikes, so I'm kind of like, eh, it's a roguelike that looks pretty cool. And it goes to Tsushima was a hell of a game. Really good voice acting and really good storyline. I mean, it's it's actually really really good on that end, which is mm-hmm. what I I expect no less of, of Super Giant games. Yeah, they do. Damn good games. All of them I've enjoyed so far. Yeah, Pyre continues to be one of my favorite games of all time. Like Bastion and Transistor. Just excellent, amazing, fantastic games that are fun to play. Yeah. And Hades is no exception. Ready to move on to the next category? Yeah. Alright, so next up we got Best Game Direction, and our uh, nominees were Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and The Last of Us Part 2. With uh, Last right. of Us Part 2 winning. Yeah. And I, I think, alright, so Kotaku did a very good, somebody there did a very good editorial. Games made in crunch do not deserve Best Direction awards. Ooh, that's that's a good fucking point. And we know for a fact that they crunched the shit out of people for for Last of Us 2. Yeah. And you know who doesn't? Supergiant. Like, they made it, they've actually made it kind of like one of their company tenets is we don't do crunch. We move deadlines or we don't. Like, we, we don't crunch people. We want people to actually have an actual work life balance and not just work themselves to death for a product. And I think if we're going to go by that, I think Hades. It's probably the most deserving. If you want to talk about, because you know what, you know what's you know bad direction, not you know work working your employees to death. Yeah. So yeah, and I and I absolutely agree with that. I think there's something to be said for that, and I think, and I also think that the company, in general, should also be kind of. We should consider the company, if the company is like, for example, shitty or not in general when it comes to rating these games and handing them awards, I think it actually does matter if the company is shit or not, if they treat their employees well. I think that should absolutely 100% go into the into awarding a game 
because yeah, I, I I mean, sure, I guess you know, give it game of the year or whatever, but it's like best direction, no, hell the fuck no. Obviously, it didn't have good direction, or else they wouldn't have had to put their like, you know, grind their employees into paste to make this game. So yeah. And I may, agree. That, and that may come down slightly to the idea that at least based on what the Game Awards is saying, they're judging direction by its outstanding creative vision, innovation, and game direction and design. Which really is a uselessly broad kind of catch-all at that point, but based on the nominations there, I'd probably say maybe Half-Life Alex should win for being like the best uh, first use of VR to date in some ways, or Hades because, yeah, like Alex, I think we just got spelled out. Hades has a very good kind of, you know, culture around their direction. Mm. But, yeah, again, like, we're, we're not part of the judging board for this. We can only kind of speculate on what criteria was used. As we move into our next category of best narrative, I'm going to read this one off. I think it's important for consideration to how they kind of thought about this. For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game, your nominees were 13 Sentinels, Aegis, Aegis Rim, which, have we even heard of that mm. one before? I have not. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about it. Yeah, so. I, I'd never even heard of this before this list. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Last of Us Part Two. With Last of Us once again taking the category. I uh, of this list, like the one I played a lot of is Ghost of Tsushima, and that one I like the story of, but it's not best mm-hmm. narrative of the year. Like there were, I played better narratives this year. Then Ghost of Tsushima. So I'm kind of surprised that's on the list. I feel weird giving Final Fantasy VII Remake a spot on this list because, well, it's a remake of a very old game by game standards at this point. And yeah, there's yeah. some differences, but I, I, I don't know. People seem to resonate with The Last of Us stuff pretty hard this year, for better or worse. And maybe that speaks to the narrative design of it, but yeah, I've. Next up, we have Best Art Direction, and the nominees were Final Fantasy Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two with Ghost of Tsushima taking it. I, Yeah, I, I think this one wins it here. I, it, maybe that or Hades kind of thing. Like, I'm kind of surprised Hades didn't win this one, but also... Yeah. I would have gone with Hades, personally. Yeah, there's some stuff in Tsushima I think is definitely, like, it's of a different style of art direction, but there is some pretty in that game that, like, kind of plays into gameplay mechanics, I think Hades also does. I I think it comes down to what you're looking for in art direction at that point, where if it's more style or more kind of spectacle, maybe is the right way of thinking of it, and maybe that's the breakdown there. Mm-hmm. I think Tsushima does spectacle unbelievably well at certain points. But yeah, again, we don't fully understand how they're judging these, but that's just what they got. Next up is Best Score and Music, and probably our first real contentious one of this list, in our opinions, because the nominees are Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two, with Final Fantasy VII Remake winning it. Uh, that's rough, man, because I, I fucking love Nobuo Imatsu. Like, he's, he's that man. Yeah. That's rough. But, man, Doom Eternal... Fucking rip and tear. Uh, yeah, Doom Eternal has some pretty awesome music. I, I need to go check out yeah. exactly kind of how much of the overlap of Final Fantasy VII Remake's music is just remastered versions of Final Fantasy VII. No, uh, they, uh, Did they... In a certain sense, yes. 
There's this, there's definitely a certain amount of the tunes that they did basically, well, not remaster, but they reimagined them essentially. I mean, they've been completely mm. recomposed, That's but fair. it's still, but it's still recognizable. That's fair. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I can't really disagree. It's like, it's, it's incredibly cinematic orchestral stuff. So yeah, I'm not yeah. surprised. And and uh, music, I'd say of the games listed here, Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy VII are the most have the strongest link between the game and the music. Yeah, like music being really used heavily throughout the game, the entirety of the game. Whereas there are lots of parts of Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two, Last of Us Part Two that there is no music. So you know. <laughs> Where there there's whereas in Doom Eternal Final Fantasy Seven, there's always music going on. Yeah, you, the, the fact you, that you can put the Doom fight song now into things and make them like, like oh, inherently it's just about to go off the hinge. That's how good the music for that game is. Yeah, but yeah, there again, it's just it's inherent to every part of the game, and same thing for Final Fantasy Seven. So I'm not surprised it probably came down between those two. Yeah, you would hope at least. Yeah. Next up, we got audio design, which I know sounds like a weird distinction, but kind of I think it's the difference between music and maybe the silence Henry just talked about. But so the nominees were Doom Eternal, Half Life of Alex, uh, Best of Tsushima, sorry, Ghost of Tsushima, not Best, Resident Evil Three, the Best of Tsushima, and Last of Us Part Two. With the winner being Last of Us Part Two, I suspect kind of for its use of sound. I'm Kind of amazed Resident Evil 3 is on a list at all. Like, that didn't kind of seem to come out to lukewarmness, but... Yeah, I still think Doom would have gotten this one. Uh, that's more yeah. music. I, I don't think it uses music in especially, or sounds in especially cool ways, I guess. Like, it's cool, but there's nothing kind of noteworthy about the design aspect of it, I guess. Like, soundtrack, yes. Original score, yes. Audio design and implementation of it. It's like, okay, there's either music or it's Doom Slayer music, and nothing wrong with that, but I'm not sure it's really designed at that point, in a especially interesting way. <laughs> Don't know, yeah, it's a weird one to kind of follow one with the other. But next up, we have Best Performance, and to clarify, this is awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion, and or performance capture. The nominees were Ashley Johnson as Ellie, Laura Bailey as Abby, uh, Daisuke Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai. And Logan, uh, sorry, Logan Cunningham as Hades and Naji Jeter? Jeter? Jeter, yeah. As like Miles Jeter. Morales. With the winner being Laura Bailey as Abby. Again, another one that pissed off the internet, it seems. Yeah, Abby was a hell of a character. I, that was more of a people yeah. are mad about Abby, the character. I think the performance as Abby was a hell of a performance of the options on oh, here. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I like Jin from Ghost of Tsushima. I'm not sure it's the... It's a fine performance. I'm not sure it's a strong of the year performance, even. Doom Eternal should have gotten it. Doom Guy should have gotten it. Personally <laughs> I like Doom Guy less in Doom Eternal than Doom 1. Just throwing that one out there. <laughs> I do have to say, the voice acting for Hades is... Also, pretty damn good. Yeah, no, surprise, but yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. But honestly, like the I think there's really just really cool voice acting in all of yeah. all, all of Hades. But anyways, moving on. Games for Impact. Uh, so this award basically distills down to for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Uh, and our nominees are If Found, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Spiritfarer, Tell Me Why, and Through the Darkness of Time. With winner being Tell Me Why. That's the uh, for, that's from Don't Nod. That was the um, kind of like uh, God. What's the name of the game now? I'm blanking on it. Life, Life is, strange. is Strange. Yeah. Yes. Same studio as Life is Strange. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, this one had the uh, twins, one of the most trans, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. Yeah. And they're kind of exploring their past, yeah, essentially. Their like they're, they're, yeah. Mm. Next up yeah. is Best Ongoing. Your nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky, with No Man's Sky winning it. I. Uh, that's Destiny. Where's, where's Where's Fallout seventy six? It's not on here, oddly enough. Yeah, where is it? Yeah. It's in the dumpster fire category. The Henry, only we do the dumpster fire category. We're, we're the only Game Awards one to do the dumpster fire category. Come on, Game Awards, step your yeah. I, I would love to see kind of an official recognition of things that sucked in a year, but yeah, I like get a this Golden Raspberry Award, you know, which, not productive. You know, well, you know, Go- Golden Raspberry Award exists. True, but that's also still considered mean and kind of not necessarily creatively useful. But yeah, yeah, no, disagree. <laughs> give give all the fucking. Oh no, I understand. Out. From I, we're terrible people, and we enjoy it as such. But <laughs> I'm saying from my kind of like pushing the medium forward is maybe not the best thing to have. Like Game of the Year, we're all sitting there being like, "But what's the worst of the year?" No, I th- I'm all for it. Hell that's yeah, fair. let's do this. That's fair. Yeah, uh, No I Man's gotta, Sky continuing to do the good support apparently. But I I gotta hand it to No Man's Sky for like, like with their updates, living up, you know, making up and yeah. living up to what people wanted from it. So well done there. Yeah, I I, I think the reason this one I, I agree on this one is because the game has consistently gotten better as it's gone yeah. on, as opposed to like. Call of Duty just released a new fucking game, and it's basically the same thing with a different setup and slightly different story. Right, it's for Warzone specifically. They're kind of big uh, battle royale map, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Fortnite. Yeah, they do a lot of really cool event stuff, like the the hunters thing and the Marvel stuff. The other day, though, it's still fucking Fortnite. Yeah, like Destiny Two is still Destiny Two. I don't and know. I, as a still... Destiny player, I feel Apex robbed. Legend. As a player of Elite Dangerous. All I have to say to No Man's Sky winning is get a fucking real flight model already, you piece of trash game. But also, congrats on actually doing new stuff every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So, they, they've they definitely have evolved and worked on their game, and they, they, they've stood by it. Yeah, no. Like, it, their release was fucking it's horrible. It's part of the kind of the triple crown of the Space Sims game, the other ones being Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, oddly enough. It's the one people point to being like, why the fuck can't Elite do updates like this? And Elite's like, well, our game doesn't look like this. And they're like, fine, whatever. Thanks for having a good flight model yeah. still. Because flight in that game yeah. is still garbage. Yeah, no, it's... Could be worse. Could be flight's the only good thing about your game. Yeah, yeah this other stuff. Well, I mean, I'm referring to uh, the fucking Iron Man simulator. Oh, Anthem? 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, flight's good, but everything Leave Anthem sucks. alone, right? That's an unprovoked shot no! at Anthem. Fuck no. Fuck Anthem. When Anthem comes back and, like, replaces World of Warcraft, you'll be sorry. <laughs> I would like to see them try. Smash it two years from now, and it did not. <laughs> All right. It, it is, De- hold on, December 13th, 2020. We're saying it now. I will eat my fucking hat if Anthem takes over WoW three years from now. Please make this happen. I want to force feed Alex a hat. <laughs> I'm going to go to a fair and buy one of those terrible, like, eight feet long cat in the hat hats and make you eat that. Uh, I'll just buy enough barbecue sauce to get through that shit if I have mm. to. <sighs> Moving on from that to best indie of the year. Uh, the nominees were Carrion. Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky 2, and Spiritfarer with Hades winning it. Kind of surprised Fall Guys. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Carrion is amazing. Spelunky 2 is just like a a true sequel in every sense of the word. Um, But Hades is just really damn good. Like, it's just really, really quiet. It, It... it surprised me, and I like Supergiant games. And I was surprised at just how good Hades actually is. No, and is. I think Hades gets points over, like, Spelunky, maybe, for being... It's new. Like, yeah, they do a lot of kind of roguelike stuff, but, like, it's a new IP. It's a whole new thing. Like, it is... Yeah, it's it's Supergiant games, but still kind of... It's it's, it's a it's a new thing. Um, Yeah, yeah. in my view, it's Carrion versus Hades in some ways. Like, I don't... Because he yeah. loves Splunky that much to be like, oh shit, Splunky too. I'm like, yes, I'm happy you guys have a sequel to it, and yeah, you should have a good sequel. But at the same time, what is it? It's more Splunky. These are two relatively new games, and I guess for me, like Fall Guys is a big deal this year. Like we're gonna be talking about it as part of our game mm. of the year, I think. But like, yeah, it doesn't do anything super awesome in my book. It's like, oh, it's this game, neat. Yeah, it's an accessible game. Yeah, but yeah. uh I yeah, Carrion. I mean, I think for that, just, just it's just so different. The gameplay is so entirely different. The concept of the game is so entirely different and unique. I think that yeah, Carrion. I like it. I I guess I played it. I think it's not as difficult as you want it to be. I guess, but it's still cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I like Fall Guys, but I still think like Carrion or Hades are definitely. Yeah. Yeah. higher running on yeah. this. And, and this is a guy who really enjoyed Fall yeah. Guys for a while. Know, of like, the three of us, yeah. you like Fall Guys yeah. the most, and you're still like, eh. I'm still kind of like, ah, Hades is pretty fucking good! So, uh, carry it. Yeah. So, yeah. Moving on from that to best mobile games, and your nominees are Among Us, Call of Duty, Genshin Impact, Legend of Runeterra, and Pokemon Cafe Mix, with Among Us coming in and winning that, which is not at all sus in the situation. Uh, congrats <laughs> to yep. Among Us, you fucking deserved it this year. Yeah, yeah. I I would have also said Genshin Impact because man, I have a lot of friends who are fucking. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those ones where I think the distinction here to be made is like that game's just a game. Like Among Us is a whole thing, and it's different. Like Genshin Impact's yeah. not doing anything new. It's doing something kind of cool for a mobile game, though. Like, it's, I think kind of like the thing we always take into account we're doing these lists are what do we think exemplifies like an example of what can be done with something like that? And yeah, Genshin Impact is another kind of Breath of the Wild esque game thing that's like, oh, it runs on a phone. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And people play a lot of it. 
if we gave our kind of nominees to who we thought like played the most of Call of Duty would win every year, and it doesn't for that exact yeah. reason, where it's like, no, nah, it's it's Call of Duty, like it's not doing anything especially noteworthy, but like we'll fucking fight about Among Us during our Game of the Year stuff of like, as, is that the Game of the Year? Because holy shit, a ton of people played that thing. Yeah, I would say probably, but we'll we'll reveal yeah, that next week. Two guys. weeks from now, next week's Krampus. Yeah, yeah. Next up is that being yeah. said, yeah. As long as Call of Duty fucking lost, I'm happy. Yeah, that's uh, that's the sad reality of that mobile game is real bad too, in my opinion. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up, best community support for this. They're using the met the kind of metric of uh, recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency and responsiveness inclusive of social media activity and game updates and or patches. Your nominees are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, and Valorant, with Fall Guys taking it. I agree 100%. Kind of amazed Valorant made the list given its whole intrusive uh, anti-cheating system, but who am I to judge? Yeah, I'm... Honestly, the only one I see here worthy of this is Fall Guys. All the other ones, yeah. no. Haha. <laughs> no. Maybe Fortnite, just because they've done a lot of really cool stuff with it, but Fall Guys, man, their social media, when it, when it really kicked off and how they were trolling Tim the Tapman for a while, was like really fun to watch. And just because like, like, Henry doesn't like them doesn't mean Destiny is a bad job of communicating with the group. I'm not saying it wins, but it's a lot better than lots of other games out there. Yeah. That's not a high bar. I'm not saying yeah. it isn't. Alright, next up. Yeah. Uh, Vesta VR and AR. Your nominees are Dreams, Half-Life Alex, Marvel's Iron Man VR, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, with Half-Life Alex taking it. No surprises there. Yeah. I don't have a VR rig, so I can't. I'm amazed this thing wasn't in the running for game of the year. Possibly, like that that thing had such a buzz around it, and maybe it's just kind of the rest of the year soured us on it some. But so Half Life Three had buzz. Half Life Alex, I don't think had anywhere near the buzz. Like because people thought, like people, when there was a buzz when people thought Half Life Alex was Half Life Three, but when it turned out it was just like a VR game. Thing it really, I think it really tapered out like after that, like it kind of fell out. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, amongst the VR games, that was probably most solid. Yeah. Although I think Dreams would have been a close. Yeah, game. I'm kind of surprised Dreams didn't win either. I guess because that what, what that thing is doing. But I guess maybe the VR part of that's not what people think is cool. It's just an aspect the creation. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next up is Innovations in Accessibility, and your nominees are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Grounded, Hyper Dot, The Last of Us Part 2, and Watch Dogs Legion, with Last of Us Part 2 taking it. And and this is something that we've talked about a few times here, like accessibility. I, it's very important. I, I feel like everybody should be able to enjoy games, and this is recognizing the games that have tried to yeah add features and... Uh, options and even content to make sure that a wider audience can enjoy the game and that's always good like uh you know people with uh you know some sort of a physical disability which means they can't you know 
wield a controller in the same way that somebody without you know you know it, it, you know accessibility controllers and options for example just even having uh subtitles as an option in your game i mean that's you know that's you know captioning essentially subtitles that's going to help people who you know have you know you know some sort of a you know hearing issues or you know or may not be able to hear at all. So, I mean, that's yeah. going to be really helpful to them. Larger text, <laughs> please. Mm. Like, when I have trouble reading it, I can't imagine what somebody that might, you know, have more visual vision issues might have, might not be able to read it at all. So, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% for ex- uh, better accessibility in video games. Next up, we got Best Action, and our nominees are Eternal, Hades, oh, sorry, Doom Eternal, wow, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Neo 2, and Streets of Rage 4, with Hades taking it. Which is... That's rough, because I also would have thrown Doom Eternal I, in there. I, again, I go back a, to Doom Eternal's not one. as good as Doom was. I, it's, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's a really tough one, but it kind of isn't. The the combat is still very good, but honestly, it's not as good as the first one. There's something about it that feels off, I guess. Like the entire time I was playing, like, yeah, it's still Doom, but maybe it's like that Doom was a known entity at that point. Like, I I don't know. Like they messed with the formula too much. That the double jumping was whatever. I, I don't know. Like they they diluted what that game was supposed to be by adding other stuff to it. I didn't. I, I thought got in the way of that game being cool. I don't know. It's a hard. It, this I think this is a really weird, tough. Well, category. especially because we're now following up with best action adventure. That's a totally new set of nominees for this one. Yeah, so, and our nominees for this one are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and The Last of Us Part Two. Which um, Last of Us Part Two is the winner of this category. This was this should be Ghost of Tsushima. Like there's. There's nothing on this list that does kind of the action adventure thing better than that game does. Like I, I'm sure Blast of Us has some cool moments, but Ghost of Tsushima is the best part of that game. Is the action adventure part of it? Well, it's supposed to be like to combat with traversal and puzzle solving, and I don't know if Last of Us Two really has that much of either any of that. Agreed. Hmm. So that's that's a head scratcher. Yeah. Moving on from that to best role playing game, we have Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona Five Royale, Wastelands Three, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. With Final Fantasy VII Remake winning it, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? I haven't gotten a chance to play Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm really interested in that I've one. I've heard good things. It... it looks weird. Like, it has summons, which apparently are absolutely bizarre. Like, the daughter of Mr. Shakedown is a summon you can use in that game, and that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know. I think it's had the thing of it hasn't been out that long. Yeah, maybe. Unfortunately. I don't know about... Yeah... Uh, Persona Five is also just such a damn good game. Well, it's, it's, it's like, a re-release at that point. Like, that's I, just, I, so is fucking Final Fantasy Seven. Yes, so. but it's it's more of a re-release, I guess. Like Royale is just the exact same game up-resed and with some stuff added. Like at least Final Fantasy Seven remake, you can say is 
maybe not plot wise, but mechanically a totally different game. I, I'm not disagreeing with this necessarily. Like this, maybe is where Genshin Impact should have won on paper, but um, I don't I, know. I don't know. I I kind of feel like Yakuza like a dragon. I, yeah, should, I, should... Uh, my preference would always be Yakuza or Wasteland Three, just based on this list. But yeah, I I yeah. kind of get how they got there for this one. Next up, best fighting, and your nominees are Grand Blue Fantasy versus Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Street Fighter V Champion Edition, One Punch Man, a hero nobody wanted, and last but not least, Undernight no, in Birth. A hero DX. nobody knows. Sorry, hero nobody knows. Wow, I'm just all over the place today. Undernight in <laughs> Birth EX Late CL Dash R, because fuck you, Undernight people. Why? Why would you do that to a title? With the winner being Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with this one. I, I, I've been watching all the character reveals They've, for uh, Mortal Kombat Ultimate, and I've been yeah. I think the long. character <laughs> reveals are dumb, and I think the new characters, like the bonus characters, are dumb. But the game itself, as a mechanical, mechanically complete game, it just is. Like, how far it's come from its previous iterations is just night and day like it, to become a very feeling wise a mechanically complete game so sure. yeah yeah I, I think they they got this one hands down yeah next up we have best family game your nominees are animal crossing new horizons crash bandicoot 4 it's about time fall guys mario kart live home circuit that's the most curious the kind of remote control car game Minecraft Dungeons and Paper Mario the Origami King with Animal Crossing clinching that category. So Unsurprising. Yeah, that one makes sense. Next up is Best Sim slash Strategy with Crusader Kings 3, Desperados 3, Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and XCOM Chimera Squad as your nominees with Microsoft Flight Simulator taking that one. Not totally surprised yeah, there either. I agree with that one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Next up after that, we got Best Sports Slash Racing, and your nominees are Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K 21, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, with Tony Hawk taking it. So congrats, Tony Hawk, once again. Oh yeah, that's easily a slam yeah. dunk. Yeah. Tony Hawk Pro Skater for sure. Next up, we got Best Multiplayer, with your nominees being Animal Crossing New Horizons, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys and Valorant with Among Us taking it. Again, not totally surprised there. Yep. Yeah. Agree 100% yeah. with that decision there. It's just as there again, it's the metagame of it and just, yeah. It's it's a great, interesting way to take well, you know, a social game. Essentially rem- reminiscent to me of like the Werewolf, if you've ever like played that game like with other people live. Um, I don't know if the, either of you have played that before. Yes. Werewolf? Okay. But I have cards for it, actually, that make it easier to remember everybody's roles. But in any case, yeah, Among Us, unsurprising. Yeah, next up, we're going to kind of speed up some as we go through some of these because they're smaller categories. Not smaller, smaller, but kind of less to talk about. Your content creator of the year, meaning kind of person dedicated to creating content for or around the video game industry, is Valkyrie. Valky Ray. Valky Ray, sorry, yeah. Valky Ray. Yeah. Valky Ray. 
That's 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 how I've heard it pronounced. Sure, I don't know who any of the people the rest of the, on this list are. So that's she's literally so, the only name that I recognize. But I don't. I guess I, I don't watch the coolest streamers. Obviously, yes. <laughs> I I've heard of her in passing, but I know like Tim the Tatman a lot more. I know. Do you know him just years? from Among Us? Or not Among Us. I'll, all guys giving him shit. No, no, he's done other stuff. Like he plays WoW and does a bunch of other stuff. He was actually in one of the WoW commercials when they did the thing recently where they're doing the horn and all that. I've seen Nick Merck on Twitter, but like not really know much. So like, and Tim the Tatman's one of the hot, one of the bigger, like hugely watched channels on Twitch. I think Val was a Valkyrie is on YouTube. I hope I said that right. Um, She's, I think she's a big YouTube streamer. Um, As far as that goes, I don't think she's on Twitch. Uh, so that being said, I mean, congrats, but yeah, I, I've heard of Tim the Tatman a lot more. Who are you people? Goes, but yeah. Next up, we got best debut game or debut game, if you don't pronounce it, with Carrion Mortal, she- uh, Mortal Shells, not Mortal Shells, it's a totally different game. Raji and the Ancient, and, and, and Ancient Epic. I want to call that Empire for some reason. Raji and Ancient Epic. Roki? Rookie? And Phasmophobia with Phasmophobia winning it. That's the ghost hunting game for those who don't know about it. It's cool. Yeah. The, the, I think that game reminds me, in a sense, of Among Us uh, similarities in that they are about sort of the metagame strategy. Uh, about its mechanics that help along a social game. And I think it's both games are very similar in that aspect. Uh, I yeah, honestly, I think it's very fascinating game. Yeah. Like, because mainly because it it's the first game I've seen that actually responds to use of microphone. I don't know if either of you have played it or watched. Nah, it play not it. that much. I guess like it's it's like oh, it's taps the game. Got it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah. You if you're like talking. The ghosts will find you, like if you're trying. Oh. oh yeah, how loud you are because you're using like kind of, and also you only hear people in vicinity. So you, like, or you're using mic, like kind of mics on the characters. But yeah, um, you can also anger them, anger the ghosts by saying certain things, like cursing at them, will might make them hunt you. Um, also, you can ask them questions. And they might try to answer you, so, uh, or at least try to communicate with you. So, yeah, the game actually uses the microphone, and it's kind of awesome. I think that part of it is pretty slick, very well done. So, just, just, uh, yeah, just. It's yeah, a cool I game, think. yeah. I, it's just not kind of a for me game, I guess. But yeah, I yeah, like I said, I just wanted to point out the use of the voice recognition technology, done pretty well. It's it's actually pretty clever. Makes the game a yeah. lot scarier. It reminds me of um, what's the name of that game. There was a, there was a game a while ago that used uh, Intel RealSense webcam technology to tell if you were like panicky because it would detect your heart rate and all that and it would make the game more difficult oh yeah based on how scared you were yeah that. yeah so ready to move on sure yeah. 
your eSports athlete of the league is um, Hio Showmaker Sue. Um, anyone watch? Yeah, yeah, League of Legends. Fucking Showmaker? How do you not know the legend of Showmaker? I, no one on this list I know about, and I do apologize for that. Plus, you've got Canyon and Shot ZZY. That's pronounced Shot C, you uncultured fuck. And fucking Crib Six? I, we're now well, into the part of the Game Awards where we got to kind of start moving faster because we don't know what half this shit is. We apologize. I don't know anybody yeah. on that fucking yeah. list. Next so, up, we have Best Esports Coach. Your, your winner for that is Danny Zonic. Zonic. Uh, Sorsen? Reeson? Sorensen. Sorensen. Mm. Uh, best Esports Event was the League of uh, Legends World Championship 2020. Are we just going to skip over? We, we just did esports yeah. coach. We're just not going to get. We're not going to give Source in his credit just because his name's Zonic doesn't mean we have to go I, fast. Did you have anything to say about Zonic? Because I don't. <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to make my stupid. I'm just trying to go through this. Yeah. So, congrats, League of Legends. <laughs> you won best esports event of the year. Congratulations. Best esports team was uh, League of Legends, or best esports game. Sorry, was League of Legends. Congrats, League of Legends, yeah. for still being a thing. Uh, best esports host was Henry. Please help. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, that's a uh, lot of yeah. e's in one name. I I I think that's like Asia. Deportes. Deporter. Gamer tags. S J O K Z. I'm you could at sorry least on this your one. Gamer tag dot. Uh, uh, like make that maybe I don't know. Officially, congratulations! Yeah, on that sorry, one, we have no idea how to pronounce your name. I unofficially shout out the Golden Boy for having an easy fucking name to pronounce. Yes, I know like, she was pretty okay. It's like it's. I also like, do really like Is that her? I, I think don't. It's, jokes. I, I, I just jokes? scrolled down, saw that, and my brain was like. Is this like when everyone tries to pronounce hockey player names they've never heard before? You just have no fucking clue. Like I, I got oh, yeah. nothing on this one. I've never seen an E, an E, an F, a J, and another E as a first name before. It's like, like how? What? What language? <laughs> Shoutouts for being a host and a public figure with a name difficult to Congratulations, pronounce. Congratulations! Like yes. Like. But yeah, no. Let, yeah. All jokes aside, kudos yes. to them. Good job. Uh, still though, shoutouts to my boy Golden Boy. I always like watching him do commentary. He's a great. Your to best watch. esports league team is G Two Esports of League of Legends fame. Also, congrats on having the. No, I got nothing on this one. All these pictures are terrible. Yeah. And that is it for our list of Game Award official winners. Congratulations, winners! The be nominated as an honor or something. That's what they say in the Oscars. Congratulations on winning the Oscars of video games or whatever. Mm. But uh, more importantly, like uh, the, the winners are nice, and we all know they're nice. But every year, a more important part of the Game Awards happens, and that is the announcements that happen as part of it. And this was a chock full year of announcements. Um, we're going to kind of go chronologically as best we can. Uh, finding a full list of everything announced was actually kind of hard because there was so much stuff announced as part of this. So if we miss something, we do apologize. We're going to start off with 
the new fighter for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is Sephiroth. And he's just straight up murders everybody in, in, in the Dude, video. he's... Like, talk about a... F- <laughs> like that was the first... I think that's how they opened the show. They opened it with the fucking trailer for Sephiroth. And he's just literally like, murdering... Like, literally just murdering... Mario. He's just... Yeah, impales Mario's like, oh... Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That trailer was so fun. I stand by my initial reaction was wake me up when Dante makes an appearance because, okay. Give it time. I, I refuse to care about Smash Ultimate till Dante's in it at this point, I think. It's like, oh, it got Sephiroth. That's cool. I know Sephiroth is. So I'm not like, fuck yeah. It's like, oh, Cloud's in there too. I'm like, yeah, that's neat. The, the the city of games also exists for me to figure out who could win a fight. It's Cloud because I played the video game he's in. And plus, we'll be able to have that great battle between uh, Bayonetta and Dante that everybody would like to see. These are the questions I need answered, yes. So also, I don't know if you guys noticed it from the trailer, but um, Cloud's ultimate, when he does it against Sephiroth, might be modified. Based on who you fight. That's cool. So, like, normally he does his Ragnarok, right? Like, the, his Ragnarok from Final Fantasy VII. But in the trailer, it looks like he does his Ragnarok from Advent Children. Ah. So it's actually different. So I'm curious to see if that's actually in the game or if it's just for the sake of yeah. the trailer. Yeah. But it looks like they rendered it for the game itself. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And if that's the case, that's pretty yeah, fucking that cool. cool. They actually... yeah. Next up, we have a new Perfect Dark coming. Fuck yeah! Really? Okay. Hell yeah, dude! Perfect Dark was great! I love the original Perfect Dark on Nintendo 64. You didn't play the sequel, did you? I like Perfect Dark on Nintendo 64. You didn't play the sequel, did you? I like Perfect Dark on Nintendo 64. We're, it's a great we're stuck game. in a loop, aren't we? It definitely innovated on uh, GoldenEye and, and all that. But yeah, I'm excited for Perfect yeah, Dark. Yeah, uh, we got Perfect Dark coming. Uh, we'll see if it turns out to be a good or bad one. We've had a good one and a bad one. And I thought that franchise was dead after that last bad one. So eh. but this comes to us from the people at the development studio known as The Initiative, which was formed a couple years back, I guess. Hmm. Uh, no reason to think it won't be good, but also, like, it's... I don't know. It's got some space. It didn't really show anything in the trailer. It's like, it, it's... It is all the DNA of what makes a perfect dark game, I guess. Hmm. Next up, Mass speaking Effect. Of, speaking of games that had shitty sequels that we thought would never come back, Mass Effect. I don't know what you're talking trailer. about. There's not been a single Mass Effect game since Mass Effect Three. <laughs> but yeah, I lo- I love the way it ended with Mass Effect will continue. Yeah. So so, and- so my little head canon is it the title is actually Mass Effect colon will continue, and the new name of the protagonist is going to be Will. I'd be okay with this. Uh, I'd be down. So, and the, the trailer's pretty bare bones. Again, it kind of shows a cinematic of someone that sure as fuck looks like Liara, or at least an Asari in general, picking up a chunk of N7 armor out of some snow, which there's a lot of implications of what may have happened there. It appears to take place directly after, maybe not directly directly, but 
after Mass Effect 3 in some ways, so yay. Mm. I, I'm excited. I also didn't hate Andromeda as much as I'm supposed to, but I was down for more Mass Effect. I look forward to all the YouTube poop they make with, uh, <laughs> with all this again. Yeah. Watching some of that was fucking great. Indeed. Next up, we got Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to the Xbox Series X. So, yeah. I've actually played it. It's it's, it's good for a flight sim. It's not a space game. Hmm. I got bored of it real quick, but it's it's fun. You have to have be a certain Yes, type you, you do. In the same really way you have to be a certain person simulator. to play a space sim, you have to be a really specific person to be like, yeah, a light sim. Yeah, my uh, one of my friend's brothers was a huge flight simulator fan, and he would do flights in real time for the game. And so, like, he'd set his flight and auto, you know, pilot heading to Japan from the West Coast and all that stuff like that. Like, he'd do all that fun stuff. Like, he was really into yeah. it. That being said, we always like to fuck with his flight plans. So, yeah, I look forward to fucking with his flight plans <laughs> on Xbox. How did you do that out of curiosity? He'd walk away to go to oh, the gotcha. and then we would like, <laughs> and then we would just fuck with his plane. Went on yeah. an island and crashed into a plane and put in like a slight nosedive or something. Got it, got it, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Back for Blood, or as it probably should be named, Left for Dead 3. Yep, Yeah. pretty much. It's a next gen Left for Left for Dead three from the Turtle and, Rock people, the people behind Left for Dead. Yeah, yeah, and it looks good. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like what it's supposed to be. Yeah. from the game from the trailer, so I'm excited about that. I like the cooperative gameplay of Left for Dead two. I even played that this week. I actually didn't mention that, but I did play like a couple of games of Left for Dead two. So yeah. It's going to be on all platforms, so I'm kind of hyped for that. Yeah, it looks cool. I, If it indeed is Left 4 Dead good, I'll be excited. I'm a little hesitant because the last game they put out was Evolve, and Evolve was bad. Really bad. That's why we have the most disappointing category. That was nicknamed the Evolve Award for a couple of years. <laughs> mm. Alright, next up is Arc 2, and this fucking trailer threw me for a loop. Um, it appears to star Vin Diesel. I thought this was another Chronicles of Riddick game right up until they showed off a um the Arc 2 logo, and I'm like, oh <laughs> man, not another Chronicles of Riddick game? Damn it! Chronicles so, of... Maybe it is. It's just Chronicles of Riddick Arc 2. I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> one can hope, but I know it's not. It's the Fast and the Furious arc, too. It's not about survival. It's about family. Yeah, that's kind of what that game actually is about, weirdly enough. You're not wrong. I I just want more yeah. Chronicles of Riddick games. or Yeah. Butcher Bay is such a Shout good game. Shout out to the internet for that fucking yeah. joke. I can't take credit Fair for enough. it. But yeah. <laughs> we got another look at Dragon Age. Um, none of us are big Dragon Age fans, at least the modern version of it, so... I think this one kind of fell on deaf ears for us. So the people that li- seemed to like Dragon Age were kind of 
unenthused about this. I did enjoy the fact mm. that the entire thing was like, we're not doing a big bad like all the other fucking games. We're just not. And then they're like, but what about the big bad wolf at the very end? And I I suspect if you're a Dragon Age fan, this game has some shit going, this trailer had some shit going on in it for you, but I, it looks cool, I guess. I don't know. There's an elf at the end, he's talking to you. I assume he's someone. We got the announcement of a new Among Us map called Airship. It It's a new map. Yeah. A trailer for a new map. The clouds look weirdly sticky in that trailer, which I thought was weird and offsetting, but kind of cool. <laughs> we got a look at the new season of Fall Guys coming to us. Uh, it looks like more Fall Guys. It's appropriately kind of winter holiday themed, so yeah, I Get your penguin on, I guess. I don't know. Is it weird announcing seasons like this now? <laughs> Maybe? Yeah, it know. feels like a lot of effort to just be like, yo, more Fall Guys. I'm like, yes, we all assumed this was coming. But at the same time, if they paid for it, fucking let them pay for it, I guess. Anytime I can watch a Fall Guy get beat the shit up by the environment, it's okay, I guess. Uh, this is probably Alex's favorite news of the entire Game Awards. Uh, they showed off Master Chief is now in Fortnite. Hell yeah! As well as a Halo map. Yeah. Blood Gulch. Yeah. Which is interesting. I have to say, I've been laughing about it because people have been like, I'm showing these kids the official Halo experience, and after they kill them, they've been fucking teabagging them with the flag. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yep. yep. They're getting the real fucking Halo experience now. Yep. Yeah. Next up, we got It Takes Two, a um, co-op game. I, it's neat looking, I guess. I don't know who this is from. From Hazelight? I don't know their work prior to this. It's kind of a fun kind of Raggedy Ann vibe to it. Was, oh, you skipped one. That's because that was a band. Uh, it's an interactive series. Is it? I thought that was a band. My bad. Okay. Uh, it's an interactive series. My bad. I thought that. I, I, Each week. Yeah. I thought that all was right. A band so we are stuff. we are OFK, um, created by Hyperlight Drifter co-designer, and it is an interactive series. So I guess in a certain way, it's going to be very similar to uh, to uh, 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 Rival Peak. So it's going to be yeah. You, Basically, experience the world as an indie pop group called OFK. So, yeah, that's I think that's kind of interesting. Are we going to be seeing more of this sort of AI interactive series thing going on? It very like the way much we're trending, yeah. Very much blending the idea of uh, of watching TV with interactive TV. It's kind of I think just that in general, is kind of fascinating to me. This is a new kind of very new, very interesting ground we're traveling here, so. Yeah. Alright, next up is Season, which appears to be a game about chronicling something. Like, there's not a lot of detail about this, but it's got some cool bike riding. It seems to be very mellow in its visuals. It's a pretty-looking game with some nice style going on. Some kind of funky character designs to it. Um, no release date of any kind, so... Yeah, no, it looks pretty, though. After that, we also got to look at uh, Road 96 um, from the team behind Valiant Hearts. Did you two play that one? 
Nope. Nope. Looks pretty good. Yeah, though. it's. I always like that particular kind of like yeah. style. I watching this thing in real time was a great way for all the stuff to blend together in my brain, and it's about the story of a road trip. So whatever that winds up meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that same kind of topic, we have the game Open Roads, which is another game about a road trip, as best I can tell. A different art style. Um, That's great by uh, yeah. Fulbright, who've done some pretty cool games, including their, I guess they're pretty well known for Gone Home. But Yeah. Not a lot about knowing about that one either. Yeah. Next up, we have Evil West! I just like saying. <laughs> I, I don't know. As opposed to its alter count, alter ego, good east. I've, yes, there's that kind of vibe to it. I Again, <laughs> no gameplay shown off for this, but there's a cowboy fighting some demon, vampire, doom-esque style stuff um, with some kind of Van Helsing tech weapons. Uh, not clear what this is. I'm really hoping that like this is akin to, and I'm blanking on the game, was back in, I think it was like PS2 era ga- world, there was a um, vampire cowboy game that I have no idea what mm. the fuck it was called at this point, but it was a kind of cool first person. It was definitely not the best thing you'd ever played. It had like horse cover mechanics, but it had a similar vibe to This one's obviously much higher fidelity and much better looking. I God, what was that game called? Like it was Dead West or something? This uh, this one definitely looks interesting, though. It gives me that. Um... It's almost got like a um, God, what's that game mm. called? Um, was it Cowboys and Aliens meets Van Helsing? Yeah, uh, there's a game that kind of remind me of, just kind of based off its vibe. Um, Painkiller. Mm. Mm. It. I, I feel like it go that direction. Maybe it's got kind of a very kill all the waves type of thing going on. Yeah. Next up, Endless Dungeon. For all you dungeon crawler fans out there, it's a procedural dungeon game. Got some style to its trailer, at least though. It's got kind of a sci-fi. It does thing. actually. Yeah. Oh, it's and it's yeah. from. Uh, I've talked about this before. It's it's a kind of a sequel of the sorts, but it's in the same, at least in the same universe and game world as Dungeon of the Endless. It's oh. within the the endless, the like the, the endless universe, I guess. Like uh, you know, there's like. There's a lot of endless games at mm. this point. There's quite a few of them. I've played mostly Dungeon of the Endless, but there's like a like two RTSs. There's like a space RTS that's a in endless space, and I think it's endless space. And then a fantasy one that's I don't remember what that one's called, which is also in the endless universe. And so this is yeah, this is another game in the endless universe, which I have found it fascinating. I really like. The Endless Universe, and I really love Dungeon of the Endless, and this looks like another Dungeon of the Endless it, sure. in just high def, basically. Whereas Dungeon of the Endless was done in a eight bit, you know, sixteen bit style, you know, like low res. This one is high res, three D, and it looks really cool. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hyped for that. Yeah. It looks it's it's got some style. It was all I can take away from the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh next up we have the Callisto Protocol. Um 
very stylish kind of horror-themed gameplay trailer, game trailer for this. Its most notable thing is that it is from some of the people behind Dead Space, which seems good. Coming in 2022, apparently. We'll know more. Uh, Swedish Chef is coming to Overcook, so yay. Hell yeah. And not on this list that we're using for reference. Um, there was some sh- they showed off some Elite Dangerous kind of uh, first-person shooter combat as part of this that looked pretty good. We kind of managed to dissuade some fears some of us fans of that game had. They announced Disco Elysium Final Cut, which now everything in that game is voice acted, and I will be checking that game out finally. If you already have the game, you'll get a free update for it. They showed off some more footage for Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. I, for those not clear what that is, it's Warhammer Vormen Tide, but set in the dark future of the 40k averse. So you got guns and stuff. Mm. Um, oh, another thing uh, I guess wasn't in that. Uh, there's something called Century Age of Ashes, which is apparently dragons dogfighting. I thought and that game so- was Layer 2 until they dropped the title card. I'm like, Holy shit, yeah. they remake Lair? And it's not, but it's kind of got the same vibe as Lair. Yeah, that, I, that looks really cool. Um, I'm terrible at any sort of sim games like that, but that one seems cool. It's dragons. Yeah. We also got a first look at Hood, Outlaws, and Legends, which appears to be kind of... <sighs> For honor, but with stealth combat and like opposing heists, it's two four player teams kind of going after the same objective and being against each other in a thieving kind of way. Initially, I was kind of meh on it, but then the more I looked at it, the more it was a this could be kind of cool potentially. In the same way, for honor is kind of cool, might be hell to play with randos, but it's got a real bad name though, Hood. But yeah, no, it's that's a thing. What else was on that previous list? We got our first look at Crimson Desert, which I I think that's related to Black Desert Online, but I could not tell. I I can't tell. Yeah, no, it, I don't know. Yeah, same. yeah. It's promising, kind of MMO style worlds in a single player game. So that's cool, potentially. That's your thing. We also got a look at the Evil Dead the game, which which yeah, yeah. <laughs> there have been other Evil Dead games. They weren't great. Yeah, it's not clear how this game will play. It's got a bit of a kind of Left for Dead four player co op style thing going on, but I couldn't really tell. Could be fun. Hopefully, does not go the same path as uh, Friday the Thirteenth. They're making a new Ghosts and Goblins called the Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection for the Switch. Looks yeah. like a basically a reimagining of the original Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's a very particular game. Yeah. And I kind of like that. It's it's got certain limitations that once you get the hang of them, it's just you learn to play the game with those. For example, when you jump. Like, when you jump, you're stuck with that jump. You can't change directions in midair, which, you know, honestly, yeah, I like it when that's in a game, but also, you shouldn't be able to change directions in midair. That's not a thing that physics says you should be able to do, unless you have fucking jets on your feet. So, yeah. Um, But, 
yeah, Aldo. That I uh, just thought I'd mention that. That's that's one thing about yeah. that I think uh, that people don't like about it. That's like uh, actually it makes a lot more sense. Same thing with original Castlevanias. But anyways, we got another look at Returnal, which I believe was shown off earlier this year as part of E3 or something. It's got kind of a Dead Space vibe to it as well. Or I think this was like almost the Dark Souls and space game that was talked about. Some it's definitely got an action vibe to it. It looks cool. It looks like it's got some stuff going on. Um, I don't let these know what this game actually is, but yeah, it's a PS5 game at least according to the trailer. So yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, I remember seeing this. I actually forgot. Uh, Just Cause Mobile. Yay! Is- Just Cause lives as a mobile game. That's where Just Cause was always bound for. Yeah, forty three. Uh, apparently, forty three projects were announced at this game awards. Yeah, so I'm sure we missed a couple. Jeez, we have much to say. They they announced a uh, ruined king, a League of Legends story, which appears to be kind of their RPG turn based mode for that game. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's. I think we're gonna end that because the lists are getting less and less comprehensive by the checking. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're missing some, but you know what? There's a lot there, and yeah, we have to end this, eventually end this podcast yes. at, at some point, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I like the Game Awards this year. I thought they were well done. I, I think I said this already. Yeah. Though, too. Like, I would not object to them sticking with this format forever. Uh, Jeff yeah. Keeley getting stuck in that laser dice was kind of funny at one point. That actually <laughs> stuck was a fun gag as far as gags and these things go. I, yeah. I, once again, proving that like E3 is a hot mess and that like there are better alternatives to what E3 has become or where E3 seems to be going out there for doing mm-hmm. E3-esque stuff. We talked about it way back in June, I think, at this point. I would really actually like to see if they if they really are kind of trending in the direction of doing their own version of E3 or something along those lines. What that would be, given kind of how well this one went over. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, and that does it for this week, uh, news-wise at least. We have no emails. If you wanted to contact us, you could reach out at uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spell in the show notes, or down in the show notes, spells it sounds, etc., etc., Send them in. It's Krampus Cast next week, followed by Game of the Year after that, and then we're going to close the book on 2020. Um, it's been a year in video games, and we're now in that part of the year we celebrate that part of things. Uh, if you're thinking about, if this is your first episode of the podcast, uh, well, welcome, and also the next two episodes are the ones I think are the most special ones we do every year. I personally look forward to the Krampus Cast every year. It's the year, it's the episode we get to be the most terrible at the video games on, and I, for one, enjoy that, followed by our Game of the Year thing, which is always long and hurts all our throats and is full of lots of yelling at each other for being wrong. But yeah, um, that's probably it for last normal podcast of the year. While well, um, the Krampus Cast's format's always kind of loose, we typically do kind of what we've been up to, and then dive into the Krampusness of it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, anything you two guys want to talk about before we close this one out? 
Um, I don't have anything in particular other than you guys can check me out on my social medias. Uh, Mave Online on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook Gaming, Twitch, and YouTube. So uh, I'm hoping to get some streaming done when we start progression. Or more actual, like, music progression and all that stuff. But yeah, so keep an eye out for that. And also, when I post dumb shit on the internet, you can also just comment on that, too, if you want. Or just stop by and say hi. And if you do, let me know you heard about me from the podcast so I can make sure to be like, hey, shout out to you. So, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. I am Mordak, M-O-R-D-4-K on everything at this point. We're following me on, so go check that out. If you want to hear me ramble about Destiny stuff, go find Armchair Guardians. <laughs> we have a yeah, I this am... week. Yeah. Uh, I am Kraken Zero, that is spelled Z-E-R-0, and that is on Facebook and Instagram and Twitch. And if I'm usually, if I'm streaming on Twitch, I will also be announcing it on my social medias. I've also started keeping stuff on my YouTube channel. And so VODs, basically, short VODs, generally speaking. Uh, so you could, yeah, you can check all that out. Yeah. But yeah, if I, I am cracking zero, that's again, that's the ER zero and yeah, that's on Twitch. I'm probably actually going to stream yeah, a bit more this week. I'm, I'm planning on it anyways. So yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's it. I don't have any other major announcements, nothing super big that I'm going to be doing on stream or anything. So yeah. As a reminder, we uh, the Krampus cast is open to outside influence, if you will. If you have something you feel is Krampus-worthy, you can send it in. We will judge it against its Krampusness, and if need be, stuff it in the sack. Uh, for those who don't know what the fuck the Krampus cast is, buckle in, it's fun. <laughs> You're in for it. I may play a drinking game for the next podcast, just throwing that one out there. <laughs> Oh, let me know, and I'll get my... Uh, I-, I meant the listeners, but it'd be fun if we did that, seven. except for the fact it's like 10 a.m. when we record this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck it, 10 a.m., who cares? Sure. 2020, drink at 10 a.m. in the morning on a podcast. Fuck it, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> fuck it, let's go. Yes, that's been the Wicked Awesome Cast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, hope you come back next week, whatever the right phrase is. If you have been enjoying this podcast, you made it all the way to the end now. Maybe we should set the start from now on. Who knows? Uh, give us a like or a review or whatever the right phrase is on your preferred podcast platform. And tell your friends if you or your enemies. I'm not quite sure which way our listeners go on this one. But <laughs> tell, your, tell them both. both. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Tell your friends and your enemies. Yeah. Hell yeah. The official stance of the podcast is keep your friends close and your enemies closer and victimized by this podcast. Yes, that's the, that's this is the wicked awesome cast. Uh, cue the metal. <laughs>